him a chance at least, and this CZ kill could be everything. Finally, Zeus, oh! he does something! Looking for a second, he connects it. Oh, and he gets a third as well! Surely he's not going to pull this off! Good evening. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Revenge of By the Numbers. It's been another week of esports, another week of Counter-Strike CSGO, and I don't know why I had this radio start to it, but I felt like doing it tonight, and uh, we're just going to roll with it. Joining me tonight, Thorin, how are you doing, sir? You had a good week? Yeah, pretty well in general. Been pretty active. You, did, you didn't go for the stunner response there, you know, where you're like, I'm going to stop you there. I, I work for a living. Isn't that, isn't that what he did, uh, what he said? <laughs> Does he? <laughs> don't call me, sir. Doesn't he just awkwardly freestyle things in an impromptu manner and then quickly look back into what it says on the teleport? Oh, shit, did I say that out loud? Oh, I think I forgot the show was live. No, Stunner's great. Yeah, love him. He is actually a cool guy. I don't like him. He is. I know. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I roast everyone. Come on. Poke, poke, like, put it this way. That's the thing about me. It, I've learned this similar. It's that people have to actually know. Like, if people have met me in real life, then they don't ever worry about the Twitter jokes. Like, I did one on Launders. So, you know, Launders has just arrived at Caravizzi. And they're now doing this thing similar where a bit like the esports awards. They try to make you feel special when you arrive. So when you go to Kadavitsi now, they put like an image of you from an event up there. Well, when he did that, right, Launders arrived. And obviously what they also want you to do, spoiler, like the eSports Awards, if you're a casual fan is, they're wanting you to go, oh, wow, take a picture of your room, which then put it on social media. That makes ESL look good. Spoiler, they put you in Kadavitsi, Poland. They are not good. So it turns out a photo just changes that, does it? So here's what's hilarious. When he arrived, obviously he was like, oh, like, cool. Like, I'm, I'm at Kadavitsi where, and said something. And I was like, yeah. It's just a shame. He said something like, I love ESL. And I was just, but yeah, it's just a shame they forgot to hire you for all those tier one lands for all those years, mate. Because what I'm trying to make the point to him there is this. Look, maybe, maybe right now, because they need them, Blast will have that relationship with you. But you know this. Don't ever, don't ever make the mistake of thinking that that company, notice I said company, not the guy who interacts with you, that company is your friend. No company is your friend. And I can tell you right now, just as they did not give a flying F about you for all those years, Launders, one day Blast won't. And one day ESL won't. And one day ESL, even when you're like, oh, I can't wait to be hired for the next event, like I've prepped and everything. And they'll be like, sorry, budget was down a bit. We've taken the guy who charges 500 euros left. Sorry. And then you go on Reddit, you go, well, it's okay. I can have an event off. Top comments like wow didn't know this guy's good maybe he's like the new top caster he's doing it cologne or whatever you're saying i don't what the hell but i but I, no sorry sorry because i always say that right i that's one epiphany i had in life summers a quick this is almost like one of the viewer question answers but i'll spin it back in a sec because uh, i think you'll you'll get my point one thing in life i learned is this sorry is just a cheat code for assholes to just wreck you because what they do is this if they wreck you they just go sorry and they think saying sorry and not even being genuine solves all your problems so i always used to say stuff to like companies when you know they fuck you over and your money being late or they oh sorry like the the guy in the accounting department some problems i'd go listen i can't take that sorry to my landlord can i i can't go oh don't worry man i've got the rent but you know yes i'll say sorry and it's coming like that sorry is worthless like you do something for me homie like we aren't friends why are you saying sorry just fucking pay the money and the way that it always works is ah, it's just business you know we can still be friends it's just business but it, and whenever somebody uses that that that's the experience of course yes exactly across all all sorts of different uh spots yep. is like as soon as somebody says it's just business 
that's when you know there's no there's nothing more there. It is Dude, them, it's just business. Sounds like I'm just following orders. Exactly. Get on your knees. Like you know like, <laughs> exactly. It's just business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but enough about kind of eats here. Uh, well, oh, you know, I don't that, like remembering that one, do you guys? But whatever. That is the, that is that is exactly yeah, exactly. But like uh, that is you know that's it's funny because that is really the um that is the uh, it's just going to keep happening. And funnily enough, I was I was walking my dog and I was kind of just I was kind of just mulling something over where I'm like, there's all these deep fakes that are going on right now, and and it's getting it's getting pretty trippy, right? Where you can really get somebody's voice and you can have them say whatever you want and all that. And I was just kind of I'm playing with this idea where I'm like. If I was ESL and I had, I know exactly where you're going. You know where I'm going, right? What you do is you do what Team Liquid did. You remember this? Team Liquid, when they would do certain contracts, similar for like League of Legends players, for example, they're the ones who did include the actual verbiage that they had your likeness, right? So you're ready in perpetuity. By the way, fans, that means forever and throughout the universe. Like they implied that if there was some space colony and like officers, that you got the year there as well. Double lifts on their shit there too on there. So like basically, I know exactly what you're talking about. So the premise is like, and by the way, that's exactly the first thing I thought similar I thought think about this world what if Riot Games has everyone's likeness and now the joke is they can just use Monty he could he's casting worlds guys oh don't worry the real life Monty doesn't agree to it at all he's gonna be at home go what the and then the joke is they just got a guy sort of speaking through a Monty voice and then you put some deep fake in and suddenly Monty's at worlds isn't he like there's almost a dark world around. I wonder about that bit I wonder especially because oh, here's how they would spin it are you ready because I know ESL and I know Carmack by the way the same Carmack we'll get to this later who attempted to almost imagine pretend like ESL just in invented that glass that mists up that me and you did with Blast three years ago. So the same people, you know, they always spin everything up like they're brilliant. Here's what they'll do, Samler. They won't be like, we're just ripping someone off. They'll be like, to make the virtual experience even more, in, you know, in, immersive, now your favourite caster is augmented within the game space. And suddenly all those wonks like Scoops who have the fucking VR headset, who at this point in time, you are like the globalist nightmare thing in the corner, like, it's all right, because I'm in, I'm in Hawaii having a pina colada in this VR headset. It's like, yeah, in real life, they're like, eat the bugs, Scoots, you know, like. Yeah, you but anyway, all those people who get into that tech, they'll be loving it, won't they? They'll be in, oh, bring it on, yeah. I can't wait to have Anders in the game. Meanwhile, Anders is like, I'm in, I'm still doing CSGO. I what? Like exactly. exactly. <laughs> no. Okay. So you've got that, right? Like you've totally got that idea. And you know, that's like the dystopian thing, but I still think that you could potentially sue them over that. Right. Over Maybe. using your likeness. Yeah. So what you do is if you're, ESL, well, similar, we can, here's the thing. I will tell you right now, we can sue them. You know why? You know okay. what? I just mentioned team liquid, put it in the contract. Yeah. What contract you ever signed with ESL? I've never signed one. Uh, yeah. No, I, I have recall. never, I have never signed a contract to work in ESL event. That's a fact. Oh, okay. I so think I, I mean, by the way, Samla, maybe like a dream hack back in the day. That's I mean, why, if you don't know, I used to actually tell people like Anders, if we are ever used, like obviously Anders more than me, you're not going to put me in. But if they, ever, I said to Anders, if they ever use one of your casts, mate, on a trailer for an event you don't attend, you are aware that's literally illegal. Like they're just using your likeness without even compensating you for it. It's just they I mean, rely yeah, on the fact you're not going to Are you kidding me? Bracelets? You remember that's that? They, they literally took his tagline, made a bunch of like swag out of it, and gave it out, and he was like. Yeah, this is kind of fucked up. And if, like, you know yeah, ESL, up, yeah. if you know ESL, by the way, they're so fucked in the head. They're not even thinking they're being assholes. They'll be like, don't worry, Anders, we'll send you a box. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. That's like the world they live in. Like, that, oh, like they think the that's being magnanimous. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going down this path where it, okay, to get around this whole thing of where you could potentially sue or whatever. Listen, they've got thousands of hours of footage. They've got thousands of hours of audio. Why don't they just feed that in and just create their own caster? 
They could teach the caster to do everything that was popular that we we yep. made popular. They could teach it to to do everything that they need to do. You could make a play by play commentator. You can make a color commentator, and there you Ooh. go. In perpetuity, you own that. You own the cast. You, you never know the need problem to hire is, again. You come in so close to your own meme about your job, which is look. I'm not going to say which names. Why would I do that? But certain casters, somewhat like a soundboard, aren't they, in a way, you know? So, listen, listen, Semler, they're demons on the mic, but, you know, they're not just any run-of-the-mill guys. But they have kind of a soundboard. That was a bit too over. Whatever, it's pantomime season, in it? Fuck y'all. You get where I'm going with it. Because that would be the other joke. Demon's back. Yeah, oh, my yeah. God. I do not believe he's done that. And on the back of that, and on the back of that, and on the back of that, I do not believe he's done that. Oh, there you go. And that so was just him fair. talking to his uh, accountant about selling the share. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <whatever. laughs> that's the, that's the, that, like, I, I'm just toying around the know. idea, of course. But like, to me, that's okay. just, if I was ESL and I, and if I had the means and I, and I have all of that data, it's like, you could start fucking around with that sort of thing. Because I, awesome. I 100% think that that is closer than even you think, right? Where you're, you're kind of like putting forward an idea that maybe it's going to take a couple of years for uh, people to get undercut. I, I, st I think the like in the next couple of years with the recession and everything, everything tightening up and uh, it getting more competitive. I mean, you're going to have commentators out there who could very well make lower cost uh, duos yep. uh, and just and float those to the TOs and be like, yeah, we'll do it for like 75% of the, the rate, you know, because uh, we want to try this out. You know, we want to do something new and just use that as a way. Or it goes the other way. Where also, how dark would this be? Think about this. This is why if you're a guy, no matter what deal it is, you never do it. Because then suddenly your voice is just saying something you would never say like. And then coming up at the Neon Project, a very exciting new thing. Like, Wait a minute, that's me. That, that's literally me with my birth voice. Like, and it's all just augmented in like... And I, you know, I really believe in Saudi things, Arabia you know. and what they're doing. You know, like, exactly. You don't want to you sell just, that. You like just tweak bit. the voice just enough so that it sounds like Anders, but it isn't actually Anders. You know, oh, but that's yeah. not Anders. Look, you can, it doesn't quite sound like, you know, it's a little bit more of a Danish accent. Oh, no, despite my ones. comments on Twitter, I very much revere the dear leader Carmack and his vision for our <laughs> new nation. Like, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you better be careful, man. Uh, you know. That's the that's the future uh, the future world. You just won't be able to. Uh, they'll tie it to. Uh, they'll tie your uh, what Twitch account or something. Yep. <laughs> like you can't actually watch the tournaments anymore because you've said too many naughty words. Speaking of which, just as an aside, because it's funny but also sad, is obviously everyone will know a lot of our colleagues, Yanko, Moses, Chad. They do that um, show called Talking Counter, don't they? Where it's like a podcast for some inexplicable reason. That not only got taken off the internet, you they've just that, did, yeah. they've just shit canned Sponge's whole channel. Like you're done. Like the joke is like, listen, the assumption is maybe he said cunt to me. I don't know how that's possible because spoiler, this show says cunt a million times, doesn't it? Like, yeah, we don't see it in the first thirty seconds, but even so, like, I, I don't buy that. That seems something weird because the idea they delete your channel. Normally, they only delete your channel if you get the three strikes or you know, or you've done something really I egregious. Like, what something, is it? I don't know, but it's, it's like, I, I think this could, this could potentially just be either they got flagged for a bunch of stuff because I was I was over there. That's like they they haven't even those guys don't even talk about the topics that we talk about. You know, we got nailed for one oh, of them. Exactly. And like they they I know that those uh, those guys aren't talking about that sort of stuff. No. So it's like what what could they possibly have been talking about that could get their channel even getting a strike, let alone getting taken down? It seems really bizarre. So I, to me, it seems like it's a mistake and they'll, they'll get it reinstated and it was probably just popped by the AI or, or maybe they got flagged a bunch by somebody who dislikes, uh, you know, I don't know, Moses's commentary. Like it, it could very well be that There's you had probably some like guy who was a Redditor who just had too many ideas stolen by Sponge. So he just, he got the hook up at YouTube and then <laughs> he rectified. You remember, do you remember that drama from years ago? 
Well, I, uh, there was oh, a wait, famous on. drama yeah, where on Reddit some guy claimed that like spun, some guy claimed like Sponge just steals all his ideas from us on Reddit. Which, by yeah, the way, exactly. that's one of my favorite things about redditors. They all are like losers who think they could like be us. So they really believe Sponge is on there. Like, right, what do I think today? Oh, what's that? Ass fuck Lord seventy seven cancer. He says they should just cop Buster. Well, think I know Matic. Like, give me a break. Sponge is like a super veteran of the game. Like, if you even accidentally thought what he will have thought, here's the joke. You're wrong because you don't have the reasoning he did. You just locked into it, broken clock, right twice a day style in it. So, listen, dude. I mean, you can you can make those kinds of jokes, but I have worked productions where the where the lead producers, the heads of the entire fucking show, were looking to Reddit for uh, you know guidance on how to run the show and what's good and what's not. Please, and please. at that point, you're just like, holy shit, we're oh. so fucked. <laughs> Oh man, that realization that day was uh, that day was a wild one. Uh, you had your, you had your uh, you had your, you could guess, but um, man, it's just amazing the power that um, social media has because there really is no other metric to judge how effective your show is or not. You know, is it viewership? Is it what? And so it's just you're you're you know those producers, those people are just the management, the producers, whatever are just looking at fucking Reddit. They're looking at Reddit and they're looking at Twitter replies. It's amazing the amount of power that Reddit has and shouldn't have. But yep. They have no other form. They have no other way to judge what is a good product or not because they don't themselves know yes. what makes a good product. No, they don't. And so they have to go elsewhere. And so yeah. you, then you're going to those people on Reddit. You're just like, oh, well, then that, that's it. You're, you're, you're a slave to them at that point. And you're doomed. And uh, remember uh, the, tracer the, ass, the, tra look, the tracer ass uh, fiasco all over again. It was the beginning of the As much as end. I think HLTV forums are morons. Reddit is worse now. Reddit is actually the ultimate hellscape. Like the joke is, you know this famous thing, you know that thing where you're in like an AMA and even like the good question, the account name is always like, I prolapse your mother easily. Like what? <laughs> you're just like, who the fuck oh, created that? You know what? It's always some fucked up shit like that. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. usernames are all mad and outrageous. Like, well, that's a reasonable place <laughs> to have a conversation. Isn't it? Like, like that's one of those areas where that's why this is what area we and you are aligned on. When you spot degeneracy, that's a red flag. I know y'all are just like, don't judge. But it's like, no, the guy's like full yeah. gimped out. Gimped, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, what I was saying about uh, the political situation, put that back in. You don't send him back down. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. Like, get rid of the degeneracy there. Then we can talk. <laughs> it's so funny it's like the synchronicity of you bringing this up we were literally having this long debate yesterday on my stream where we we're just like trying to get into that right because it's just like the the idea of like oh man just live and let live oh it's just love and yeah. it's all this and that and it's like no no uh yeah in theory in yeah. theory that all sounds fine and dandy but uh the repercussions of that degeneracy the repercussions like down the line of like you eventually it eventually does affect society yep. at large it does eventually slippery slope it's real it turns out <laughs> So you know, it's, it's real. Like, yeah, it's real. No, there are always consequences. It's not like, oh, they get to do that and it's all yep. good and you're doing you and they're doing them and it's all good and everybody lives. No, no, no. It's like the, the it spreads. Everything is interconnected and eventually it is going to just lead to, uh, well, you know, what we're getting now. So, but it's, it's a really interesting idea, but still some people really hold on to that where it's just, you know, yep. like, oh no, man, freedom. And you know, it's like, if they just, if you just let them do that, it's fine. Right. And it's like, eh, no, man, uh, there's uh, there's definitely some repercussions. Especially uh, because, it, remember, they're doing it from the position of the reasonable person. They're going, oh, can't, the, can't, the empathetic yeah, person. Can't we all just live our Didn't own truth along? and our own perspective? It's like, well, okay, yeah, 
my perspective is I kill and pillage all your people. Like, oh, well, I guess I'm fucked. I don't know. Well, Sorry, that was kind of... Know, know, you, know, you know that's the angle they're going with, though, isn't it? I know that's the... It's like, well, let's see. My philosophy is to fuck your face and then steal all your money. Like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, at that point, you better do something. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't that just bring it back around to it's just like you need to have a third party that's deciding what is the moral compass because otherwise, if it's just up to people, it's exactly that. It's just like, I want, I want to pick flowers all day and all that. And the other guy's just like, I'm going to take all your shit we're the ones making up the rules so uh this is joke this is, is the, the liberal guy's like well meet him halfway you know like <laughs> exactly. half my shit. oh wait <laughs> we live in that now <laughs> that, is, that is essentially what we do yeah you, you, you <laughs> tax joke there yeah exactly oh fuck's sake dude all right well uh we should we should talk a little bit about blast just because just before we get into the katavitsa stuff because there's loads of shit to talk about with katavitsa it's actually been pretty entertaining these past couple of days so today less so obviously lower bracket you know it's kind of like a little bit more straightforward but uh yesterday was was uh was fun there was a lot of a lot of good games but like um i have to get i have to give credit uh to um mira over at uh, Deserto, because he 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 really you know because I was I was remember I was talking about the Blast viewership last time and kind of like saying mm, they really did they they got a kick in the teeth you know they got a kick in the teeth and we're still waiting to see like where what 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 led to Blast underperforming Blast Spring groups underperforming compared to last year's Blast Spring groups and they they underperformed by a pretty significant margin it was like twenty five percent thirty percent like just kick kicking the balls really if you're Blast. Um, and so, you know, you're looking at it like, okay, what, what was it? Was it the matchups? Uh, you know, the time zone, you're kind of looking at it like that. And, um, you know, Mira, Mira really brought up some very, um, solid points that I think are, are worthwhile in that this is the, this is where you can get a bit of a kickback or this is where it can cut back, uh, can cut you a little bit if you're blast in that if you don't have any Brazilian teams, you lose that Portuguese audience. And that's one of the first things that he points out in that. Listen, if we're just taking total numbers, peak viewership, average viewership, concurrent viewership, and we don't care where they're coming from, well, without the Brazilian teams, that's Gaulus. And without the biggest Brazilian you know, uh, stream, well, you are you lose a massive chunk, which turns out they did lose a massive chunk of the Portuguese uh, audience or the Portuguese-speaking audience yep. uh, without having any Brazilian teams. Because they didn't qualify so already. Yeah. yeah. Big chunk I'll give you there. the other angle as well. The other angle is it's already Navi. You don't have Team Spirit. You don't have Cloud9. You don't have... Anyone, you just got you just got Navi, right? So you don't have the other CIS people. Yeah, unfortunately, even that's the, the area in the modern dropped day. as well. That was what they were pointing out. And, yeah. and so then it's a question of like who was running it. They changed up with who was running the Russian stream, so it wasn't WePlay. It was another one. And so, like there was a there was actually and also what was interesting, and this is something that I didn't even know of. I thought that they would be able to pull these stats and put these into esports, but into esports charts. But uh, apparently, Blast TV's platform that they're trying to put people onto to watch there, and admittedly, it's a pretty good experience. You get like instant replay and stuff; like it's actually pretty solid. Uh, that 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 uh, metric doesn't get pulled by esports charts. So now you doesn't you're, it doesn't. So okay. apparently, according to according to Mirror on this article, he says that um, that it doesn't Blast Blast.tv doesn't feed into these charts. So that's a third factor right, where you don't yeah. know how many viewers are going there as well to watch because it's still the English stream there. So you could be losing out for the English. And by stream the way, the I'll just tell you behind the scenes, I've heard rumblings that is a massive focus for Blast is is building that Blast TV up to be a real thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, because then it, then you don't have to rev share with Twitch. Yep. If you build your platform, then all of a sudden you sell sponsorship on your platform and you get all the butter. So, uh, no, it's a, it's a massive incentive for Blast. And I hope that they can pull it off because, again, we have to figure out ways to make money. Like, we really do have to find out, figure out you know, these TOs have to find out how can they actually make some money uh, to keep afloat. And so making your own platform, that's it's a really solid play by Blast. 
but um, what I, what I wanted to bring this up about is because like I looked, I, I saw a thread on Reddit and of course on Reddit, they're just like, oh, well, you know, um, format was shit. It's the same teams uh, time, you know, all, every single time it's the format or blaster blaster stale or whatever, right? All the, all of this stuff. And that's all just really surface level stuff because Mira really comes in with some actual, if, if what Mira is saying is true, uh, then at least in terms of like the high value English speaking, uh, areas then it was it was just as good pretty much there was it, it seems like there may not have been a drop-off and then it's a question of how many uh actually tuned in from blast because if you if you take in the portuguese viewership and you add the uh, the difference in the russian viewership well all of a sudden you're you're right back up to where it was in spring groups last year so the question is how many were over on blast.tv and uh and whether or not they you know this is this was actually a successful tournament and we're just not seeing it and it kind of sucks because if the impression on reddit is oh it was shit well then, blast! I almost feel like blast have to kind of they have to do something to 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 make it clear to people that no, this wasn't shit, and don't worry, this was actually a big win, uh, because otherwise the impression is going to be it may just feel like blast are kind of um, falling behind, right, compared to ESL, and that could demoralize uh, at least the vocal minority on Reddit because we know that not everybody goes to Reddit. Obviously, it's usually the same people commenting all that sort of thing. But um, if you're reading those comments, right, you may have that kind of takeaway. But. At least as far as the the blast viewership is concerned, I think actually, you know, w when you put things in context with the with the with the article done by uh, Amir over at Deserto, um, it's it, it's not as dire as I thought, as I first thought, because I was tracking it. And I'm like, oof, you know, I was I was keeping track throughout the tournament just to see, and it wasn't looking good, and it didn't finish good if you're just going off of esports charts. But it seems like there was a there's some stuff there. So they also just have a problem, guys, which is I've made this point before. The way ESL has won is they just say, right, you're, I've got your event, but plus even more good teams that you like. The problem Blast has is that they only have the 12 partner teams. And then listen to who some of the partners are. Astralis, right now, not very good. Big, complexity, evil geniuses, like OG. Like, look, OG's not bad out of those ones. Those other ones, look, Big's a nice team to watch, not a popular team. You know what I mean? Like, a third or so of your teams are not the most inspiring ones. Meanwhile, if you were handpicking a tournament, you'd have Cloud9, Team Spirit, maybe, you know. Um, obviously, yeah, a, a whole bunch of those other teams. Furia, they would be a partner, of course. You know what I mean? Like, that's the problem. So the reason I keep saying it, the reason ESL will win is because Katowice has that play until any of those teams qualify still. Unfortunately, we're blast. It's just the nature of how they they tried to make their circuit a little bit more closed. So you do get the odd team coming from showdown, but they tried to make it a bit more closed so that if you are, in theory, the worst partner, you get a lot of value for that. If you're a complexity, you get a lot for that. It's just that at the moment, like, it's complexity that gets a lot, not the fan. You know, unfortunately, it's the fan that has to sort of pay, which, by the way, I will say, it's your own fault. You don't pay any money currently. So they're gonna, their partner is the person they need. Like The actual joke is they do need to have these teams on board that they know they've got an event. You've got a minimum number of teams. Like At the moment, we're not in an ideal spot because we haven't fixed the monetization. We're all scrambling for different formats. Because, for example, since people, I saw people like Twists were trying to speculate on why the format isn't good or whatever. On yeah. paper, the format's good, right? Because it sort of makes a seeding thing. The problem is that doesn't work. Like, first of all, there's two factors, in my opinion, have ruined the groups. One, it's always after a player break. So even though GSL Best of Three is very sturdy, it's not actually that sturdy after a player break. Because think about it. One, no one knows the individual form of the players. Like, that's heroic, but it isn't heroic, isn't it? It's heroic maybe if they're not in good form. Then, the opponent of heroic 
the underdog, knows it's them. So they're prepping. That's normally a good thing, but now Heroic's weak. So it means you get one or two upsets and then their problem is because only the top team qualifies. When you go to that bracket, that bracket every time is fucked because of the upsets. You get one where it's like Astralis plays, Nip plays, OG, and that's one. But then another one's like, you're going to play like Navi. What? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always a wild one. So I would, like, even if I tried to fix it, like, I would say do things like, just like you qualify one from the GSL, I would make last place just drop there. But then that's the problem. Here, fans, is where you cannot do what you want to do for your viewership because the main thing's the partners. The reason they wouldn't do that is because the partner goes, wait, I get one less minimum best of three. That's your whole business model is making that guy. You get three minimum best of threes. Even if you call her EG, don't worry. Even if you're terrible, you get these spots. So it's just this is why business is always going to be the hard compromise, unfortunately, on what we want in tournaments, you know. That's why this is the main reason why I hope that Blast are able to address this somehow, at least to at least address the mood on Reddit. Because if the Reddit if the Reddit uh, people start swinging against them, and again, remember there are very few places that the tournament organizers and the producers and the sponsors even can get feedback from the community. Reddit is one of the big ones, and so if the if the impression on Reddit is all oh, Blast is uh, is in a negative kind of. Uh, uh, space right now uh blast uh, they need to start digging they need to start uh, figuring out how they want to address that and, and figure it out how to do it positively because for that very reason right you need to have some kind of compromise uh, you need to be able to have the teams getting something out of it and if you're interested in how the team uh function you know how the teams function and how the the, the industry on that side of things functions uh, you guys just did a four horsemen with tommy with lurpus who's very much involved with that whole side of things and it's well worth uh, a listen if you're really interested in getting a deep dive with different perspectives as well because it's I, I really enjoyed that show and I keep bringing it up because it's like you and you and Richard have a perspective on things and then Tommy has a completely different yep. one and then Monty's kind of like a hybrid in the middle yeah and so it really is a it really is a great spread you get all the different takes on the topic with in that show in particular so I, I do I do recommend it and we'll we'll include it in the description we'll include a, include a link in the Thank description you know which, we'll since you said there. that. One of the things we want to point out, because we just didn't do this in the past, because we took it for granted, we didn't need to. We used to make our paper elsewhere, and you can just do whatever. If you want to support our channel, if you're watching the YouTube VOD, like the video, subscribe to the the channel to get more and all the notifications. If you're watching on Twitch, chuck a Prime or chuck a Twitch sub our way. It'll all help out. It all helps us build the business up. It all helps us pay for everything. So yeah, we'll just mention that angle. And then also, as Semler says, if you want our other shows, well, good news. If you go on this channel, for example, you'll find Snake and Banter, or you'll find hot take point made when we do those shows that we did some of them last week so all these things will be available there they're all out now peace go and listen to maui make hot take after hot take <laughs> hey, <laughs> tell really you what though mate i have killed that format that is one of my best great. formats i've played it. in it's a long great. time it's great it's, it's snappy it's quick and, yeah. uh, and it's uh and it's got good uh, it's got yeah. good bands like i know it's a great show definitely worth checking it out guys so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and low key i'm actually it's actually Kassad that I'm really loving. Because I've obviously, I've known Maui ages. I've done a million snooker, but it's actually Kassad I'm vibing with on that show because what I love is because he's so blunt and he used to obviously be a coach and all that, so he knows what players, like if players are annoying and if there's a problem with a team. If you notice, his take, because it's hot take, is never like, I think this team needs to change one player. His take's always like, uh, tell them all to meet at the docks and then drop a bomb on that and then let's start afresh. You know, it's, that's like his take on most of the teams. Like, holy shit. All right, well, woo. That's that. That's that difference in culture. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That, that's, it. It, it's so fun, actually, dude. Because we were just talking about this uh, again. Like coming back to blast, right? Uh, to, to to tell you the bracket. I mean, Navi got yeeted out in the grand final uh, of their group versus G two two zero, and then proceeded to drop a map to complexity in the lower bracket. Yep. So poof, man. There's there's and almost lost. They almost there. got two zero, dude. 
Dude, it yep. is so wild. That series. Oh, and then the third map. Are you oh, ready yeah. for the killer? Because sadly, that was more of an indictment. That series of complexity than Navi. I can't even believe the Navi guys were so like <laughs> laughing and stuff. You morons. You almost got dusted off by Cole, who, by the way, should have beaten you. If people yes. don't know, Cole, sadly, is an infamous chokers. If you put them in the driving seat, they'll find a way to lose. All you need to know is this. On the third map, which I think was like overpass or something, they were up 14-8. 14-8, and they lost 16-14. Like, oh, bloody. And it, and it killed me inside. Because here's the thing. Look, props to Navi for fighting back. But, like, complexity just wilted there, mate. You know, they were, they, were, they did some, like, wacky races shit. Like, they were, the finish line was there. You could have just crossed over it. And they lost it somehow. They fumbled it. The, the, the reason I want to bring that up, though, is, um, is just the culture side of things. You know, it's like when Navi are discussing things, you know, it's like the, the takeaway is just like, oh, man, they all hate each other. They're just shouting at each other all the time. But it, it, that there is a cultural aspect to that where it's like, okay, if you're a Swede and you're looking at that, yeah, no, the Swedes, the, the Swedes are notoriously quiet. They're mild. They don't shout at each other. They don't show hardly any emotion at all. It's it's always very quiet and calm and you know composed on their side of things. Whereas over on Navi's side, I mean, those guys are just you know you're you're watching you're watching a during between a break between maps. They don't even leave. It's just electronic and blades sitting there at the desk, and they're just having a back and forth where it looks you know from the outside looking in, you're thinking, man, this is heated. But, um, you know, in their culture, that's just that's just how you communicate. You get it across. And if you ever if you've ever listened to Navi's comms, um, it's I think I feel like I'm listening to Overwatch. It's amazing. Like, uh, if By you the listen way, to, dude, it's outrageous how much those guys shout in their comms. Should I tell you a mad anecdote? This is yeah, a story I've never told on this show. It was actually a story that I believe, as mad as this is, I think it was actually Launders told this on his stream years ago, which okay. is, you know, years and years ago, there was that scenario where after he'd been in Hellraisers, Simple was in Flipside, and he used to be like the mega carry because he was already insane. But remember, they had like Bondic and Shara and fucking, they had a bad team and Blade, they had some really bad fraggers. They were a dog shit team, right? And yeah. if you remember, they famously went to that ESWC that you were at where he co-stood in for them that was actually how later Simple got the hook up to come into Team Liquid the year later so they went to ESWC and by the way they were doing well at this tournament like if people don't know on land they beat NIP in 2015 with a fucking American standing in who can't speak Russian just basically simple shitting on kids so when they did this right there's a story that's mental you might know the outside part which is famously Simple got kicked didn't leave. He got kicked. And then remember, Markov and Blade famously sort of even said, like, we're glad he left. Like, you're sort of ruining the vibe. Here's why. The story Laundress tells is also something I'd heard confirmed behind the scenes, right? Supposedly, in one of these matches, it might even have been at the tournament, like in the semis or something. In one of these matches, I think it was on Inferno, right? Simple used to be, like, ridiculous for how, like, he would sort of, like, either back chair what you call it like backseat drive yeah. you know or yeah. be like just rip people if they did something wrong and they did right and supposedly blade did like a brain fart we're on like the round that lost the game or something blade actually did like you know getting a 1v1 they're like not even peak the guy and then the guy just like diffused on his own and then it's like the worst way to lose isn't it like oh bloody hell you just stood there and let him do it or or something like blade was like changing a gun somewhere and then that time the guy just diffused and it made simple like raged right but this is how he did this is what an actual twat he was even back then he didn't just get like angry supposedly he just literally like went into steam and just like removed blade on steam this is our land like just removed him on steam friends just like quit the game out and just like went and like and that's like the end of being a flip so suppose 
that's like the start. That's so. So the idea, he's back again. He's working with a blade again. All I'm saying is, those wounds are always like just below the surface. You know that. And all you need is the wrong moment. And then, I mean, let's be real. If the wrong moment happens, you fight with your friends. Sometimes you start opening those wounds. So, yeah, what about the time you did that? You know. Oh, so there's. I've always wondered behind the scenes because I have to say, if you don't know, that's. I think that's more the others were mad with simple because actually Blade is. He is like a robot like that. Blade is just the guy. Well, I don't know if I agree with you. If I was to unpack it, and like, he is more of like a straightforward guy. But I could imagine the tensions could be high in that team. Sure. Seeing Blade is like a, what? It, what would it be like a pragmatist? Uh, in the sense that uh, he's just pragmatic. He's just, he has the tools that he has to work with. He understands that simple is going to behave this way, but so long as he can get what he needs out of simple to win the match, he doesn't care. I don't think that he cares. And even when simple was way more toxic, I still remember, I, I still really uh, appreciate that interview you did with blade. What it's gotta be a couple of years ago now, Drop book, yeah. you know, where there, it was just very clear that he had, um, very uh, safe answers when it came to simple. You were asking about simple, the dynamic of the team and all of that. Uh, he he could talk about Bubich. He could talk about Flamey. He could talk about everybody else. But when it came to simple, you could see that he was kind of just icing it over a little bit, you know, giving it a little bit of a light touch. And you're just like, yeah, okay, I guess fair enough. You know, he's just, he's not going to talk shit about his star player and he's going to have to put up with him regardless. And so best, best be uh, stoic about it and just move on and get what you can out of him. Uh, isn't there the, isn't there a clip floating around of like simple calling him a garbage can or something like Blade <laughs> like legit like just yeah, <laughs> just straight up insulting yeah. insulting Blade you're like what is this and by the way I've got some news for you guys sadly this actual piece of content it was actually a blast piece I believe when they did the spring groups they did a piece of content where it was like Moses. I can't remember who the third person was, Blade, and then another person. Was it like me? I, I, was, I was about to bring it there up. Was, there was someone who was like an in-game leader or something, or like an analyst, because it was about, the question was, like, which is more important, the IGL or the system, yeah. right? It was, it was Roban, it was Moses, and it was Blade. And I just done an episode of Snake and Banter where I made this exact point because I know Blade and I've done concert with him, but it's just that this hadn't come out yet. So I actually hadn't seen this piece, but it just confirms what I was talking about, guys. My speculation always was, even though I agree on a personality level, he's a pragmatist. The thing I hate about Blade is I don't think he's at all pragmatic in the game. I do think in the game, he thinks you just go for perfection. It's like existence. Of course, we try to play all the maps. Of course, we are trying to be the best at every role and every position. Of course, everyone can be IGL and everyone can be a spot. He, he's a bit too extreme like that, right? And so unfortunately, this video confirms exactly what I speculated. Blade thinks, you'd have to go watch it. Blade does think that, like, essentially, like, the system's more important than the IGL, which if you look, if you think 100%. of Na'Vi's troubles since Boomich is sort of what we're, sort of what people are concerned about, right? Which is he's not trying to get big IGLs. He thinks he can train someone to be an IGL. I disagree, by the way. If I was on that segment, I would have disagreed with all those guys. Because here's the joke. What is the phase system, guys? It's called Carrigan. It's yes, called exactly. Carrigan. They're, they are poor yeah, exactly. Yes. But Blade, I, what I liked about it is that Blade conceded that point. He said, if you've got a Kerrigan, right? Uh, this is this is not verbatim, but like, sure. you know, he's like, if, if this, if you've got a Kerrigan, then fine, you run with that. That's your system, right? Your your, your system is Kerrigan. But if you don't have a uh, if you don't have a Kerrigan, then the system has to supersede it. And this is really interesting. Like, it's so fun. I, blast a home run, you know, incredible it's a good piece. Blast. Yeah home run on that one because it really just in that small space of time that we had blade there it confirmed so many of the theories and the speculation that we've had for the past few months yep, it's in brilliant. terms of bringing bringing electronic up as a protege to form him into an igl which is what we've been speculating for a long time now and so now it's a question of so what i mean by that is prior to electronic taking the reins as the igl nobody was fooled with boomich being an igl 
I I think 100% Boomich is doing Blade is the IGL in that system. He is the he is he's the guy calling the shots and Boomich is doing whatever Blade says. Whatever the system requires, Blade is do, or Boomich is doing that. And I think that's probably a big reason why they were so successful with that roster. So there was no there was no contention between the IGL and the coach. I think what's happening now with this is that I think Electronic may actually be tr- trying to buck the buck the system. And this is where we're getting this kind of uh, this kind of friction where we're seeing a drop in individual performance on electronic side of things. And we're also seeing so much back and forth between Blade and Electronic openly in the studio, which is not something we were seeing before. So what I'm wondering is whether or not there's some kind of pushback going on right now where Electronic may not be happy with the system. He may be wanting to change the system or make alterations or take more control as the IGL and Blade. I think Blade is as close to a six man as you can get with operating within Valve's rules, and he has his system. and I and I think Blade is the IGL of the team, and so Blade is probably pushing back, saying like, "Listen, no, this is the system. Fuck you." I, I think there's got that. That's got to be at the root of why we're seeing this drop in performance, this confusion on the Navi side, and why they seem vulnerable all of a sudden. Because now, instead of it being very clear the structure, and then you got Simple, who's just kind of like the chaos in the mix, you know, who's going to be doing whatever, but like. And the system was functioning prior to these changes, and now we may actually be seeing some some kind of power play happening where Electronic and Blade are no longer on the same page. Here's the joke, though. I'll rewind it. Remember the segment, guys? It went like this. It went Robban, coach of fears. By the way, also, top 1.6 in-game leader. If people don't know, used to be Forrest and Get Right's in-game leader and Valet and a bunch of these players in SK Gaming. What a major in CS 1.6 that people don't know. Then you have Blade, one of the, like basically the godfather of CIS Counter Strike, one of the most old school players ever, has a first one to ever take Ukraine to a medal at a major World Cyber Games bronze 2007. Nick Lopez's, you'll have to ask Lopez about that type of story. Then you have obviously all he did in CS Go, and then you have third one. Wow, big hitter here, Moses. Wait, whoa, 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 wait, but one of these things is not like the others. Now, here's the joke. The I joke is... Slide and it was so good. The joke is, I understand it's because Moses is an analyst, right? And he did do some coaching. But my joke is, the first thing I thought of was when he coached Team Liquid. Because my joke is, all Moses could say in theory is, like, is it the IGL or the system? He'd be like, well, fuck Defano, I had neither. Basically. Neither. And that's not even his fault. The poor bastard. No, like, he, they, the, those players didn't respect him. They didn't want him to, to be a coach. They didn't want a coach. They just wanted a yes. cheerleader. Nightmare fuel. What, yeah, so what Roman should have done is turned oh. to Moses and gone. The thing that really holds the system together, though, is a player called Twists. If you have other player that hold on to him, don't let him go because he's, he's got more to show than you think. He's not a fallen entity like you. Whatever. You see what I did there with the joke? Yeah, okay. yeah, bring, it back, bring it back. Bring it back. I see where you're going. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I or that or uh, he could have asked him for you know to go get a bottle of water and uh, Moses probably would have had to run hop but uh yeah no it's uh it's it that was a that was a sick piece of content and uh it, it really I, I mean right now I really do think that there may be some kind of um there may be some kind of struggle going on simple is definitely feeling the heat right now physically you can tell that he's not the best that he's deteriorated a bit and so you have to wonder how his mental side is doing uh what are you talking about he's all smiles when you see him yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got those Hi. teeth. Hey, guys. I'm simple and I, I have a great... Yeah, we get it. We get it. We're going to see them eventually, mate. You have to keep showing them off. Look. I know, look, if you're in the gym like somebody, yeah, you start wearing the look at the top off the shirts and the vest. I get it, but like not every time. Every now and then you smile like this. So like... <laughs> well, who knows, man? Who knows how much those chompers cost? <laughs> <Not in it laughs> <at all. laughs> the seashell, yeah. Well... 
I mean, dude, it's just we'll see how this Navi shapes up because obviously they they looked mortal. They looked mortal at Blast. That's the that's the takeaway yeah. here. We have yet to see them play at Katowice. And um, well, should we hop into Katowice? Let's start yeah, to, obviously yeah, we're metaphorically. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll that's one of my that nightmare first. phrases you know that's like something i hear on a plane oh we're gonna have to be making an emergency landing in katowice poland like at that point i would just get, get the, i would just get out like the fucking you know the fucking parachute I'll, I'll take my chances over hungary or something at that point in time you know? <laughs> yeah. i would i would be deeply deeply amused i'd i the thing is like as an aside, if you could, would you go back and visit now, given what we know? As in, as in, yes, would you go back to Poland and visit Poland? If you, if you could like have a do-over uh, to go and visit, to go and visit Poland, like, would you do it if you could, uh, if you could put all that aside and not have to, not have to worry about that bullshit? Oh, right. As in, if I could just visit as a country. Yes. Yeah, if Here's you could just thing. visit as a country. As, Here's as a the thing. If you actually go to like Warsaw. Or you go to like Krakow. Krakow, yeah. I haven't been to Krakow, but everyone tells me that's great too. Warsaw is like a legit city. Yeah. It's just the problem here is I've told this story a million times. If you're smart, you can guess who I'm referring to. Every story I told about bad roads, football violence, the problems, police issues, they were they were things I was told by the most legendary Polish players to ever be in esports. Not just in CSGO, but in CSGO as well. So the, the worst thing about that dirty angle is people acted like I made a bunch of stuff up. Like the problem Poland has is everywhere isn't Warsaw, mate. And kind of eats it sure as fuck isn't Warsaw. In fact, you know what, Semler? That ties into a topic that most fans aren't going to be shrewd enough to see through. Because, you know, when fans saw Cadian's tweet early this week that was like, you know, when are events going to, like, fix the catering, these TOs? They're dumb enough to think, well, he just came from Blast. Wow, does Blast really have problems with their food? Look, Blast also does the catering thing, and it's not it's not the best. Like, spoiler, here's the real problem with catered food. Even if it's actually good catered food, it's not a buffet, mate. They're going to have two choices. So as Cadian says, if you travel 150 days a year, even if it's good food, imagine you only have two choices per day for your food. Every single day. Like, that will start to feel like prison, in a way. You know, especially, by the way, spoiler, when you're a player that makes 15, 20k a month, you could just have whatever you wanted if you had the time off. But here's the real thing no one figured out there, Samler. Spoiler, because of the Thorin Doctrine, no one is going to badmouth Katowice, who is a player or fucking talent. So I actually think he was low-key hinting because that was the travel day to go to Katowice, wasn't it? So since he knows he's about to be in Katowice for like two and a half weeks or something, I think that was him just sort of being like... I don't really like the shit food because that's the one thing everyone, you know this behind the scenes, everyone complains about the food there. They say it's like, you know, don't they say it's like there's a KFC and a one pizza place and then that's just that, that's it. It's just death after that. It's like, no, there's no there's way no you can lot, get it. I no. yeah. Like you don't know, guys, the joke is, I'll give you a little bit more goss. The people who have to go to Katowice for Pro League, so not the casters, they hate that the casters get to go to Malta for Pro League and be with the players and then they're just like stuck in a gulag metaphorically of course in in fucking Kadavice, just like bloody hell and then even worse on the broadcast you don't even always remember they're in separate locations do you yeah that's the thing no this one likes a... going there mate no one likes going there come on but dude this is but it's cheap that's why it's there that's why we have the event there still of course yeah that's why the event's there that's why Kadavice. i mean if you think about it from uh, esl's perspective i mean they've they've intentionally made it so that their their Polish office is in Katowice, and that's their one of their flagship events. And then the, their other flagship events is Cologne, and that's the, where their headquarters are. So yeah. you know, it's just like they they have intentionally made it this way. 
And that is definitely something that the esports of TOs are still pushing is to have those remote locations and to even do. I will they just would, say they could. They would have everything done by there. They would have well, everything done out of a studio remote. They plan to remember that was the plan when they initially went to the online thing. They were going to pivot so that every you remember everything would be like a group stage in Malta with the casters and talent in Katowice, and then the finals would be in the different countries. That was the plan because they originally Samla wanted to just only fly people to these European locations, and then they didn't want to fly everyone to like. I'm not going to say Sydney because you wouldn't do that one, but you know, like uh, Copenhagen or whatever you had the event, you know, the, that was originally the plan they were going to do. No, one thing I will just say, by the way, though, is that's why it's the kind of eats angle everyone always missed on that one. Poland has good food. Like, look, the pierogi are good. I'm just going to roast you forever that it is just Chinese dumplings. You didn't invent them. Every fucking culture in the world has dumplings. They're just a starter in other countries. I know for you, it's like, oh my God. It's like, it's good, but you know, it's not, it's not the best shit of all time, is it? It's just dumplings. <laughs> yeah uh, if I, no but you can do them sweet and you can do them yeah, um, yeah. you know like that that's the thing you get savory or you get sweet so uh variety <laughs> that's what makes them special uh yeah well i mean like the 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 thing is that uh that i like about this whole katavica setup i mean granted they have they have had tech issues granted they couldn't even start the matches on time yet again it, it really does blow my mind that we're still in 2023 and we still can't start on time so uh, that's just, uh, just like, okay. But the state, the studio looks phenomenal. Like you got to give them, you got to give them that at least the, the, they really did actually do a great job designing and decorating a very, you know, it just looks great. It just looks good. Come on. It looks yeah, good. Here's the problem. Here's the thing. Sam. Hey, dude, remember Katowice was like, they were playing on tennis on, on like basketball courts in a fucking basketball room. No, 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 no sorry. I was told that sport deck is an incredible arena. One of the best in esports. <laughs> so it's one way or the other. You can have, you can have your cake, you eat it. Which is it? Which are we doing? So here's what I'll say. This is the problem. Sam. I know from past experience, maybe you do. If you ever talk to someone at an event like that from ESL, what they'll tell you, if you come with a content idea is like, there's limited time. Like, you know, like maybe I could give you one guy that could be an editor to do it, but I probably don't have time. I've got to work on other things. So what that means, guys, is there is, an, there is a, a cost to everything you do with the event. It takes away from something else you could have done. So here's my problem. You know me. On the one hand, I love celebrating great players. I like the idea. Of, for example, one thing I do fuck with the ESL is when they will have, like, for Katowice Majors, a former champion come and deliver the trophy. I think that is brilliant. It connects the past. It does a lot of things I think we should have. Like, I don't want people to forget, like, Guardian, now he doesn't play anymore. I would hope if we ever had a major in his region, he'd be one of the legends you'd have bring out the major trophy or you'd have him in, like, a VIP box watching on, like, in soccer where you're the old legendary players watching the new generation. You're like, oh, this is tradition. This is this means something. So I love, on the one hand, Senna, that they did that Hall of legends where if you've won Kanavice or they used to have the same event in Hanover before in Germany, CBIT, if you won one of those events in 1.6 or CSGO, they hung a banner of you inside the arena so you have passion and it keeps going forest all the, right, but here's the issue I have with that, is, um They've done all that. So you've done a load of banners, which, spoiler, I'm not in the venue. So to me, it's not as cool. It's cool for the guy in the venue. It's cool for the player, right? But you still haven't. And I think this is mental. The fact no one brings it. It's how you know I'm a content guy and most of you aren't, right? Remember, before Pro League last year, not only was FaZe on to win the Grand Slam, which is ASL's main sponsor, like PR campaign is to win the Intel Grand Slam, remember? ESL didn't do any content around it at Pro League. And then, remember, 
Fears had something mad, like, what, seven more chances or something? There's still, to this day, and even forget it, there is not a piece of content ever created, like, Fears is going for the grandson. What does it mean? You know, like, well, talking heads, Moses, if they make it, they secure a legacy. And There's not even a five-minute video. Like, bro, this is your campaign. The joke is, and I will, in the future, it'll have to be me through my company doing that. Like, I don't know why, but I guess I'll just make all the fucking skrill, won't I? But I can't believe ESL's so lazy, or, or rather, just so uninspired. That's the other thing. They have the time for this assembly. If they cared, there's months and months, like I said, Pro League, remember? Pro League was after the player break last year. You've had ages to put together a killer feature. I would have done it for... As soon as I knew they didn't win the Major Assembler, I'd have had it for the Major, personally. But once I know they don't, I'm at least getting it for Kind of Eats here, because that's the next event. You had months. So yeah, that's where you put a sick mini-doc together. And then everyone watches that, and then the joke assembler then is even people from League of Legends or Dota are going like, holy shit, is this it? Is it the quest for the Grand What if they win the next one? That draws you in. That would be the most amazing shit ever. ESL doesn't even do anything with it, mate. It's their own circuit, and they don't even big it up. What? Do you think this is a, do you think this is a, due to uh, cynicism? Because how many times have we heard this argument from TOs that it's not worth the money, that they can't see the return on the investment necessary in order to make that kind of content? Or is this just the kind of content where it's just like, listen, it's your marketing budget. You're going to burn some money. You're going to do it. Whether you can see something or not, you know, coming back from it, this is content that's worthwhile and that you should be spending money on. And uh, that's your justification. You it's nailed not it like, there. Oh, we're going to get X back for, for this or whatever. You know, let's be real. I, I said this in the early days. This is one thing I nailed early in eSports, similar. You know, when people would go like, but the business, like, we can't possibly like justify any of that. It's like, you're only here for the margins. Well, then why are you in eSports, you moron? Go and be like an investment banker or go and work in like, you know, stocks or go and do... If you want to just make money and see numbers go up and down, that's what you do. Surely you're here first and foremost to do great things in esports. Then, yes, then you've got to marry it with can we make it work in business. But the point with that similar there is even if that loses money, you do that because it establishes your history and legacy. That's a piece that's going to be a marker at this point in time. By the way, it could be a legendary piece. It could be the piece that people remember forever. You do that whether you lose money or not for the sake of you want to do something great. You want to elevate your own tournament, you know. I mean, spoiler, I'll give you the same joke. How much money are they going to make back from hanging up a bunch of posters of Pasha and fucking Robin or whatever, like nothing. So that was, they did that for self-aggrandizement. They did that because look at us, we are ESL. Because spoiler, the worst part of Katowice is this. Even though it's been, as far as I know, the first Katowice in CSGO, it was obviously in 2014. They had a Polish event, I believe, the year before. In League of Legends, it was 2013. That was the famous expect here backdoor on Ocelot. And then, um, so they've had it since 2014 in terms of proper tournaments. So it's obviously, we're now in 2023, but we missed the year because obviously 2021, we had the stupid thing where it was the online one. Take that one off. So basically we're looking at about like, what, nine years or something? Eight, nine years of this? Dude, every Kalevitsa still, Carmack makes it about himself. And the fact he's Polish, it's in his country, it's there. This is so special to him. The crowd and him are there. And dude, he always cries. He always does that fucking speech. That speech would be epic once, twice. Like maybe you do it first, and then when you get big, you go, wow, I can't believe this is still going. Every year he does the same thing. It's like it's almost like behind the scenes. You know the beginning of the movie, Raging Bull? I imagine him like that in the dressing room. It's like, you know, when Jay Clamotta is about to go out for a stand-up gig, and he's like in the in the mirror, he's like, I type himself up, like, come on, champ, like, you still got it. Carmack must be going like that. They all say, remember what Theron said? Fucking ball and shit, existential hole, hole of the hole of one motherfucker. Like, I'm gonna go out there. Oh, and it's kind of eats it. It's a prime. It's Intel. You're all here for me. I mean, you're here for the, the Intel Extreme Masters. And, and, the, and me, it's just about him at the end. Like, man alive. Fuck it. The joke is, if he could, he would just run at the end of his speech, crying, tears streaming down his face, like a child running to the parent at the airport. And he would just launch himself into the crowd and they would carry him like Jesus, just going, oh. 
up to the rafters, around the thing. That's right. That's right. Bathe. He would. He would literally be like that scene from Game of Thrones where fucking what was in him, the Daenerys, with all those people from like Marin or whatever, carrying her like. Misa, Misa, Mr. Carmack. Like, they would just carry him around the fucking... But then by the end of it, he gets out when, he, when he's done getting carried. He then fireman carries one of them and suplexes yep. them into the ground. There you go. Exactly, yes. Exactly. <laughs> That's the play. That's the way this all goes. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, that reference is too old school for people, but it's also it's, it's, it's the whack thing about him in it. I know. It's whack. <laughs> dude, it's great. It's still a thing. It's, I love it, dude. I love it. Oh, I, I mean, like, let's uh, let's just get into the groups then. Fuck it. Because yeah. uh, still technical problems, still all that sort of thing. Uh, the, the caster is still, I still, also, it still bugs me that the caster still are like dressing down uh, rather than at least, you know, putting on a button. Here's up. the thing. We're never going to win on that one because one, God. I've got bad news for you, Sembler. They've now started doing that trend in LEC. Now when it's yeah, the regular they're, they're, season, they're they dress down and they Overwatch have all you know, the Bermuda shirt way. on. This is why it sucks because who are the two most influential talent in ESL? Who would you say? At this point, uh, Sponge and uh, and uh, so They're Alex. the ones who do it. They're the ones who led that movement. Yeah, of course. They're the ones who want to have the swaggy jacket and the hoodie and then the thing and then, and then like... I agree with you, Samuel. Here's my problem. I've never had a problem with that. That's what you do at Blast Group Stage. You know what I mean? When you're doing Katowice, in my opinion, that's like a major. From day one, I've got a suit. I might not have my, might yes. be like you. Maybe you save your best suit for the final, but I've got a suit from day one. Listen, at a minimum, I'm suit with maybe no tie and just like a t-shirt, but exactly. I'm at least, I'm starting, to, I've got a, a minimum level of professionals I'm coming in with if I'm doing that. And that's that's the thing as well. And they're, they're, you know the thing is that like, uh, uh, the, when, when I bring this up, they always take it personally. Uh, but it really is a question of also uh, showing some respect to the players because, okay, fine. You're not into the, you're not into the main event yet. You're not into the yeah, playoff yeah. Yet or any of those, but what? So Greyhound, you know, don't, don't matter. Like, like the, those players flew there in Greyhound's case from around the freaking world. Like the least you could do is dress up a little bit, right? They at least you flew from an imaginary country that doesn't exist. They came Sorry? from Narnia. They came from an imaginary country that doesn't even exist. You can't even dress up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's based as fuck if you don't know I'm talking about. <laughs> based so, as fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just like, dude, I mean, I don't know. That's that's just again, this is just gonna be me nitpicking until the end of time because whatever. Yeah, like, that's uh, what this show is. It's by the numbers. <laughs> you ever followed it along? Yeah, yeah, no, but it really is it <laughs> just that. It's just like at least put a button up shirt on, put a coat on, but like a, just a modicum modicum of professionalism because yeah. this is this isn't you casting from home this isn't you know some bedroom broadcast or whatever where your bed's not made behind you like this is supposed to be one of esl's flagship events one of their top two events that has been going on for years now and they make the biggest deal out of it that you got a grand slam on the line like you said there's there's real money there's real prestige on the line look the part like watching somebody wear a fucking t-shirt and a flannel uh, it's like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Am I watching some guys at the bar? Like, like who, who is telling me what I should be paying attention to? Who's building the storyline for me here? And why should I take him seriously? If he looks like he's about to head out to have a pint at the fucking local pub, uh, fuck off. By the way, I've got a, an addendum a to this. Bare minimum that you could do, and it could be for us, the viewers, and it could also be for those players because every stage of this tournament matters. It's not the online qualifier where you're casting from your bedroom at home. Now you're at Katowice. Now you're at the actual venue. You're in a massive fucking hall that ESL have done up to look good. The least you could do is make an effort to look good yourself. This is where a moron's going to think they got me, haven't they? They think they got me checkmated now, similar, because I famously, what happened on day one of the first major in CSGO? I was wearing a Lakers jersey, do you remember? But here's what they won't know, Sambler. 
That isn't Katowice 2023. That was in in 2013. The joke is, analysts, there wasn't even an analyst desk then. That was the first one, I think. Or maybe they'd had it like one dream out winter with like Red Eye and Lurpus or something. There wasn't, first of all, that level of professionalism. This is 2013. It was mad sketchy in esports. And not was DreamHack. DreamHack, the whole vibe is it's literally kids taking, well, pretend they don't take drugs, drinking energy drinks and watching fucking Bass Hunter. Well, Maybe nowadays kids shouldn't watch Bass Hunter, but that's another fucking based comment, isn't it? So, or go eating it, eating the worst kebab ever created, or lying under a bit of a desk illegally when he's supposed to go to the hotel to sleep. Whatever. It's all. It was a. It was a party. It was a festival vibe. If you don't know, festival, and yeah. here's the detail: people won't know. Maybe you remember this. That it was actually even told because it was the major that DreamHack ran first. They explicitly told us in the email wear whatever you want that would make you feel comfortable because if you don't know dreamhack didn't used to be like the pro we're dressing up we're top they weren't they were like we're esports grassroots they did want the vibe of like these are just two guys who were just gamers like i would never and spoiler didn't go and look when i worked esl events i was always there with the suit and tie i was always looking good i was like yeah i always had it nailed away so it's all about horses for courses in the context then it made sense i think in 2023 yeah and especially spoiler here's another one for you if you knew how much these guys were on. Grow the fuck up. Just pop the suit on, mate. If you can't handle it, you can hand that day rate to someone else. By the way, that day rate's what, like, you know, a normal person makes in a month. You, for You make it for a day. So... I just think there's a le- I with you. There's a level. There's a level of like I can. You can have a semi-casual, and we're on that one. But there's there's like a there's a degree of sort. Of, there's a modicum of decorum I expect now. That's, uh, Especially if you're uh, the best as well. Come on, if you. That's the other thing. If Hawker rocked up and he was like, oh, you know, I'm still well, finding my feet. If you're like Machine and Sponge, you're the kings, mate. Come on, dude, well, dress like it. The the other side of it though is that remember Dreamhack Winter 2013. It's like I I think I, shit. I think if I'm not mistaken, I was wearing a flannel or something. But like, dude, sure. we were all fucking broke. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's we didn't factor. have two Kopex to rub together. Oh, dude. if you this don't know, like, by the way, this is not a joke. The, the entire major, which was three days long, I made less for the entire three-day major than what my one-day rate would be today for one day's work. So enough said. Yeah, exactly. Enough yeah, said. No, it's, it was, it was totally appropriate back time. then. Now, now I think it's uh, I think it's different. And uh, well, it's just that's my my observation. If I were to uh, if I were to be the <laughs> if I if I were to have any say on that matter at all, but I know that uh, unfortunately uh, that has made me very un- holding this opinion in particular has made me very unpopular with those guys. So you know whatever it is what it is, but uh, you know there you go, lads. I hope that uh, I hope uh, that uh, you guys uh, you know will do better. Uh, as far as the tournament is concerned, though, that has actually been pretty good. I, like I am I am actually enjoying this one. The one all right first round. A uh, lot of um, a lot of pretty okay. To be fair, pretty straightforward. Apart from like the two matches that I think it was, pre- we were all going to be kind of calling that it could get contentious. Uh, big complexity, I thought was going to be close, and it was close. Uh, I had complexity actually upsetting big in a best of one on that one. I had complexity, uh, you know, with with again that that uh, that level of perhaps surprise where you could potentially catch them off guard. If in a best of one, anything's possible, right? Like you could potentially have everything go your way. But again, like you say, you've pointed out, like complexity, not always the strongest in the clutch sort of situations, and that ended up costing him. So big go through. But also, dude, were you expect? I didn't expect it to be this close. Sprout OG going to overtime. Holy smokes! That was uh, that was something that kind of caught me off guard. I thought it would be close, but I didn't think it would be going to the distance like that. 
The thing with that one is, I actually think Sprout, in a sense, is slightly underrated and Sprout is sli- and OG is slightly overrated. The problem with OG is this, and people know this, I'm just not a big Nexa fan. Like, I think some of the talents, I think Dexter's a banger. I think when he has his game on, Flames is good. Fico- the sad thing is, by the way, the one guy who actually doesn't look like he worked out was Neofrag. And if people don't know, he was the guy in Sinners that looked like he was going to be the next guy. But not everyone's ready to go up to the next level. Sometimes it doesn't work. So I think the talent in OG is crazy. Whereas the thing for Sprout is they look like they're trying to do it with like structure. They've got a couple of Danish players in there. They've got some. Like, I think they're actually a canny little squad. They're not They're not bad. They're not going to do much, but they can, they can definitely win these games and mix it up. Because on paper, OG should have way more firepower, obviously. I mean, even in this game, they did. Yeah, even in this actually that was the, that was like the um the the shocking one is like the is the one that that really I can't get uh I can't figure out where I'm placing him yet and and this is the really frustrating bit is Dexter you know cuz I always feel like this guy should have the firepower to just take over the server especially against I think he does usually he didn't but in that, this one but he usually does I think I mean he, that's the thing but sometimes he just drops off and sometimes it's and it's in moments where his team really needs him it feels like where he just sometimes just doesn't show up and maybe and I guess he just maybe maybe he had an off game in this sort of scenario but or maybe I've got like what confirmation bias or something where it's like I already have this idea No no but it's weird. his stats are way lower than they normally are they are But but you know it's just like I feel like maybe he's a little off right now and I'm trying to figure out why cuz I feel like he should be a guy who's taken who's taken over he, he should have every everything uh there for him to be able to just take over especially in these kind of volatile situations he's got that kind of explosive uh capability so i was i was perhaps a little bit disappointed by his performance going into this one where um could it could have potentially uh seen more from him obviously um now i mean they're coming off of it uh was there any other match that uh, that kind of stood out for you uh I suppose like MIBR Nip was also kind of a weird one. Thirteen sixteen MIBR actually played it pretty close. I wasn't able to watch this one unfortunately, uh, so this one this one kind of threw me off. It's because the main problem is this. Much like you know now, like here's the thing. Now after the last couple of majors in the last year, we all know the up and coming Russian teams and the Russian players and the CIS squads and the tier two people and the ones that are on the brink. So the thing is, we're all versed, but what we don't know, none of us, is the Brazilian scene hasn't had the same exposure. Like everyone knows Furia, everyone knows Imperial, right? Most people couldn't even name the MIBR lineup. Most people know Phelps is in flux, so but. Do they know the other players? Most people probably couldn't even name all five godsend. Uh, sorry, um, zero zero nation players. In my opinion, like the problem with the new talents coming out of Brazil is some of them are good. Like some, I've heard a whole bunch of them have like skills. It's just a lot of them don't have experience. So like MIBR is a team where they've obviously paid it on a budget. They're not trying to be the biggest Brazilian team. But I've heard some of those guys are, are talents. Like there's a reason why some of them like one of them even got ports recently, didn't he? So yeah, I, I think it's quite interesting. MIBR, not a terrible project. Like the floor is better than you expect for a no-name team, basically, as in the players, you know. Well, again, it's like that, uh, what is it, uh, that element of surprise, like you pointed out, where perhaps you can fly under the radar. Teams aren't going to be as dialed in on what, you're, uh, what it is, uh, what kind of game you're playing. Am I mistaken? Like, I don't think Tommy's tied to MIBR anymore, is he? I don't he is. He a, works with them behind the scenes. He works with them behind the scenes. But I mean, I thought that they had uh, they had like split up in terms of like the different brands going their ways, no, uh, Immortals and MIBR no. and all that. But no, he's still he's still tied in on all that. All the same shit, isn't it? Yeah. No. Okay. The, I, why am I thinking that? I think it was from the Four Horsemen. No, you're, I think you're thinking of when. Him. I think you're thinking of when Optic and Immortals used to be connected, like three, four years ago. 
So for example, there was once a time when he was managing like MIBR, CSGO, and then they had like Optic with MSL and fucking, you know, that weird lineup for that one year before we went online. There was that, there was that period, but no, he's still involved with MIBR. That's his main job. Okay, fair enough. I was kind of curious about that. That's, uh, well, regardless, I mean, I feel like um, Tommy is like- When everyone tells me you know nothing about, I literally know the guy who's fucking doing all your contracts, you moron. I know it all, and all the negotiations. That's, that's a, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was Tommy who was talking about that, how they'd, uh, how they'd kind of like split up in the sense of the, but whatever, that is beside the point. It's just, if he is actually still tied to MIBR, I would expect him to be making these kinds of plays, right? Because not nothing, nothing crazy, nothing flashy, just consistently making the team better over time. And I'll tell you a factor. Yourself, it's because right now, people like Fioria and Imperial are going to want big salaries similar. They're going to want big, big money. Even people like KNG wanted big, big money to stay in MIBR. That's the part that's not worth it yet because let's be real, even Fury is not like a world beater right now. They make like a semi or a quarter. That's the best result. So the reason why it's very shrewd, like you're saying, business-wise, here's the thing. Fans will think they're idiots at MIBR. They've been irrelevant for three, two years. No, they're not because you see them at these tournaments every now and then and they, have, they pay probably cheap salaries for these players, but the genius like you said at the beginning of the episode is Brazilian players are guaranteed viewership. So what they do is they are getting insane fucking like value out of paying for like a budget squad and then just riding the wave of the Brazilian fucking things and having people like Gowers watch the stream. Like that is actually, that's actually a pretty good like short-term player because what you need to do is this. People don't get this. There's very few teams can be like G2 or phase and in theory you try to like constantly just buy stars buy stars vitality and it's like we're just going to try and go for the number one all the time what you normally do is this you go right am i in a period where i could where i could like win no right go budget go like a very efficient approach then you wait for your moment when an angle comes along so for example maybe in a year from now they could get like KNG and fucking, you know, case. Now you go and you put all your budget and you go, right, I'm going to try and win a major this year. But the years when you're not trying to win a major, there's no point spending 80% of what the guy who does win the major wins when you don't even make the playoffs, you know. That doesn't make business sense right now, I'm afraid. Yeah, no, that's something that was actually brought up by him consistently, where it's just, yep. uh, it always, he's, he's that guy who's really good at just, uh, the trade-offs. What are, what are you at? What's actually? What are you getting for the cost? What are you getting for the spend? And uh, I feel no, like I he say really this as well. I think he pulled off one of the greatest deals in the history of CS:GO because think, guys, about where this guy was when he was sold and where he was afterwards. He sold Cold Zero for so much fucking money to Face Clan, and that is the ultimate stock move. Where I sold high, it just tanked after I sold it, and I just have all the money. You've got fucking nothing. Because Cold Zero just just dropped off a cliff in phase, then he just became irrelevant. But at the time, he was like a world beater. Like, that was a big, big move when it was done. And Tommy got a big buyout for that, I'm telling you. It's mad to think how that all played out as it's well. Wild. Yeah. It's so crazy. How and I've always told this story, so I won't go into it again. But I even you don't know... Lopez is gangster because it's not it's not something he's doing intentionally it is because he's a Finnish robot like here's what would happen without like going into all the details essentially here's the gist of it this is years ago now it was like three four years ago what would happen is like this right for example if people know the story called Zira and Nico it was already rumored like they're friends they want to play together and then so they approached them like oh we'd like to buy called Zira it's like, like it was like yeah this is the price and then they're like uh, we don't want to pay that we'll offer this he goes I didn't stutter I said the price, didn't I? He didn't say it like that, but I'm making it cool, obviously. I didn't start, did I? And then the guy goes, well, I don't have enough for that, do we? And he goes, well, you can't pay the price then. Goodbye. Deed. And then what happens is they then think, because you know how players are, especially Brazilian players, well, we've got a few cards up our sleeve, a few tricks we can play, a few dirty tricks players can play. We'll use the fans against him like they always did. But the problem is, ah, this is a different MIBR, homie. So what happened was, you remember, 
even though he hadn't signed, Coltero was already in Serbia. Do you remember the story? He was just playing in boot camp yeah, when he called face. And then they really thought they're so dumb that that meant like he had to sell him. And they were going, well, he's already here. He's going, well, that's a shame, isn't it? Because he's just not on your team, is he? Were, but we're going to attend this event. That's a real shame, isn't it? Because he won't be playing on your team. And then they were going, but... We don't want it. And he was like, so he just basically was just like, look, when you meet my price, come back. It's like a shop. You can have him. But we're not bartering on this one. Like, I'm telling you, this player is worth this to me. And we have to get, because remember, he was giving away his best player. Like, his team's going to tank when you do that. So what he did correctly was make FaZe Clan. By the way, FaZe Clan isn't the ends. It's not like they have no money. He's making one of the biggest teams in the world. Like, I don't care that you want to play with you. I don't care that you don't like MIBI anymore. I don't care that you're in service. This is the price you will pay. And the best part is, as you might know, he was it ASL New York. Remember that, guys? He did end up playing days later because that's what happens when you know what leverage is. Most teams hate the idea of that, oh, the fans are against us. That's where you get these mad stories like, I've released him for free, even though I could sell him. Like, those madden me. So I love it. I love his that's gangster amazing, in that sense. Right? That gangster is fire. So all you need to know is this. Whenever they all talk shit, you know, remember Cold Zero talking shit on device like he was crying in the club. Bitch, you were crying in the fucking DMs, homie. You were please, please, please. And also, this is why you got to be careful what you wish for. Because how did that work out? How did, that, how did that work out, Nico? By the way, you know my favorite cunt move Nico's ever done? He's done a lot, Samler. But my favorite is that. he for If you don't know, guys, for something like a year or two years before that, they were trying to get to any team that they could get to together to play because they believed this is the this is the combo that's going to dominate CS. They were thinking of going to Team Liquid, I've heard. There's a world where Nico did join MIBR slash SK when they were SK with Rain or something instead of Simple and Flamey. You remember when they were cycling all the foreign talents they end up with Stewie and Tarek. By the way, that is literally like, don't worry, we have Nico and Rain at home, Stewie and Tarek. Like, that is like the fucking meme. So anyway, when they were cycling all that, so essentially Nico for years, like, oh, baby, baby, like, we're Starcross lovers, like, we got to get together, oh, long distance relationship, like, I believe in you, Lauren, when we live together, it's going to be so good. And then when they were in the team, finally, and then Nico was like thinking like, this guy's fucking washed. Nico didn't just even go like, I think we need, you know, like to bring in some different people. Or you remember what he did? He was just like, well, guys, it's been real. I'm going to G2 for Megabucks. See you later. I'm, I'm out of this sinking ship. It's like, <laughs> That's weird. There's all like breadhead shaped holes in the box. Don't worry about that. I'm off. I'm off on the lifeboat. There's only space <laughs> one, I'm afraid. <laughs> and then Cold Zero was just That's why I've always said, I'll quickly finish the story. This is why, by the way, I need to do an anime about esports. Because the one thing Cold Zero did do, his last great shot, which did land, was his gangster was also quite on point. Because do you remember what he did? He convinced FaZe that he wanted Carrigan. Now, what I love about that, oh, it fills me with joy. It's like a fucking, it's like one of those Mexican, like, telenovelas or something. Think about it, right? What he's done is like, Nico? Like, where are you? Like, what are you doing? Like, me amor. Like, obviously, he's just broken out. Nico's betrayed him. He's fucking around with Nexa and Hunter and all them in G2 now. So he goes, oh, my ex is going to fuck with me. Well, you know what? The end, The ex of my ex is my friend. And he went and he goes, I want Carrigan back in phase. And spoiler, that led to the chain event. Sure, Cold Zero got removed. That's the bad part. That eventually led to Carrigan winning a major in phase, which Nico could never do. So that, that was also gangster in a way. And the way that story ended was good. It was a good, it was good anime episode. But this is why we need the historian, you know. This is why you need to you need to keep things relevant, right? You need to keep yeah. uh, you need to keep these kinds of stories going, uh, keep building on them. Because we I mean, we just pulled that out of mentioning Cold, who has completely dropped out, but that is he is still part of this like incredibly important slice of history that's led to today. 
Yeah, basically, we actually knew even back in 2019, a lot of colds aren't as dangerous as they are purported to be. <laughs> well, you know what means? I don't want to sell it as well, mate. I've just got, I've got that style, haven't I? I've just got that. I don't want to send it, mate. I don't want to send it. Always have. Well, <laughs> as far as uh, as far as the tournament is concerned, it's actually progressing still. So uh, I was uh, I was kind of looking forward to these best of threes. And uh, so we got into the upper bracket. Like, first round, actually, real quick, what do you think about this first round best of one? Should, should it be just best of three through and through? Or do you care about, like, do you think... Uh, having a best of three in the first round, given how the seeding how the seeding works, would best of one or best of three change anything, or would best of three make it even less possible for there to be an upset? I would always I mean, pick best would. of three. I would always want best of three. I hate best of one, but this is the plane. And even if you lose the B one, you play a B or three in the lower bracket. So three, right? being as some of the teams there are utterly terrible, and it is mainly about let's get Furier and OG. Let's get the good teams through. Yeah, the problem is, I I sort of agree. Like I don't know that I do want to watch Pain and IHC. Like they did play a best of three. I don't really want to watch that. You know what I mean? It's not really what I'm buzzed up for. So normally, yeah, I'm against B or ones, but that is probably the least important B or one. If you look at like, there's not usually top top teams there. There's a few, but they're going to get through because of the format. You got, you got my soy face there for a second, just because uh, I had this prediction this morning where I was like, "Okay, I'm looking, I'm looking at the lower bracket. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be Pain versus IHC." And when we're recording this, IHC have actually won two zero over Pain. But the joke that I had was that they've intentionally put Pain and Furia in the same, you know, tree so they could guarantee get a, a Brazilian yeah. team in. You know, you're guaranteed at least going to have one Brazilian team. And the obvious joke is that IHC are just like, you know, like in, a, in an anime, they just keep like, they're in the hyperbolic chamber, they just keep getting powered up. So, you know, they, they got, they got, you know, they kind of got beaten up by Claw 9, fair enough, but they've just 2-0'd Pain Gaming. And, and remember, they were the ones who beat 0-0 Nation at the major. They just were Brazilian killers, apparently. So I'm obviously especially uh, an IHC talent. Furia just get fucking rocked by this team, and now you've got IHC going through, and Furia are out. No Portuguese. Nobody's allowed to have Portuguese teams. Nobody. Not Blast. Not ESL. Nobody's allowed to have Portuguese. None of that Portuguese. Be hilarious. Because as you say, tying into what you said about Blast, take if Furia don't get through. I guarantee it'll lower the viewership. Not maybe like 100k, but it might lower the viewership. I would expect it to. Logically, I'm kind of curious. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think Katowice, what was the peak last year? Oh, this page has expired, of course. Thank you. What was the peak for Katowice last year? I mean, I would I assume it's the final. Crazy. It was like Phase G2 because it was epic. Katowice, or G2 Navi, one of the two. IEM Katowice 2022. Was it G2 Navi, no, maybe? There's the ESL Impact Katowice. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely uh, IEM 22. All right. So here we are. I am kind of it's uh, 2022. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. 1.1 million peak between uh, G2 and FaZe in the uh, grand finals. But that so, was also, if you remember, because like that was a super close game. Like, well, I think the second map was like the one with like five OTs. Those are the ones that get everyone on the stream. Oh, yeah, because the runner up, uh, not, the runner up almost cracked a million. G2's Navi, 979,000. Yep. And then it drops off a cliff. G2 versus VP, 561,000. So. You know, it's like if you get if you get in deep, I mean, obviously these are the peak, you know, deep deep in the tournaments, all that. But if you're gonna take like total hours washed or whatever, you you you're gonna take everything that you can get. And so having having the Portuguese teams, it's clear that if you don't have a Portuguese team going deep, your metrics are going to look shittier to the average fan. Now, it is worth mentioning, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier as well, is that not all fans are are um not all fans are of equal value. 
Like you're you're going to be pro- you're going to be hoping. You don't have to, to preach do- to me. Oh, that was you preached to the choir there. Yeah, keep yeah, going, yeah. keep going. Not all viewers, <laughs> right? You know, because if you if you're you're obviously going after North American and European viewers above all other viewers, because you know Portuguese viewers, what are the ad cells? What are, like what do you how much how much is it worth to have ads in port in port in Brazil? Or you know how much are you getting back on that? Uh, Russian same thing right now, especially given the whole you know the whole situation in that region. You know, like what's what's the value of those viewers? Uh, then then the 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 Blast CEO was saying how China is actually one of their biggest you know that one of their biggest communities and you know growing and all of that. It's like what are you doing in China though? Like you, you're not having any events. A lot of gambling. So, you know, you're still going after the, uh, you're still going after the European and the North American. So whatever you can do. So when it's like G2 and phase that are just blowing the top off the place, you probably are, you know, just in the money. If you're, if you're, IEM at that point, if you're ESL, uh, still wanting to prioritize the EU and, um, NA players, but this is, this is really the thing, like the long game. This is what's really interesting is that now events like Katowice, events like Cologne, they just blow everybody out of the water. The only thing that can compete are the majors. Otherwise, it's just Katowice and Cologne in terms of peak viewership, in terms of viewership overall. The, the, like ESL being consistent year on year uh, with naming it as well. So you know Katowice, you know Cologne now. It's, it's just been a thing that's been going for almost a decade now. You hear that name, you know that tournament's a big one. So they've done a really good job of just building it up year on year and making sure that these flagship events, because if you look at the pro league uh, viewership stats, they drop by half. So, you know, people aren't as interested in pro league. There isn't that name value. Don't a spicy uh, that, uh, take. Building up. Go for it. If I'm ESL, here's what I do. Look, Blast could do it as well, but they just won't. If I'm ESL and I have so much of the calendar, I would be very cynical, Semler. What I would say is this. I have my normal circuit. I have Kadovice. I have Cologne. I have a major. I have Pro League. So I've got all the real things where I invite based on world ranking. I invite based on partner teams. I set it up. It's all a legitimate competition with competitive integrity. But I would have the occasional invitational. And here's what it's called, Semler. I'd even call it like ESL prime time. And what I would do is the whole premise is I just invite the teams that bring the viewership. So you know what? Here's my list. I'm inviting Na'Vi, Phase G2, um, fucking, who else you want? Cloud9, you know what? MIBR, Furia. Like, it might be an eight-team tour. It's just an invitational. It's got good prize money, and it's just to build my viewership. That means I have an event every year where I'm just guaranteeing the viewership. That's just going to blow up, isn't it? And then it can make up for the other tournaments, maybe like maybe Pro League's less interesting, or maybe one of these events, like we say, the wrong team gets through and it kills the viewership. So remember, you'd be justified. Like I'm saying, make it an invitation. It's not part of the circuit in the same way. No, no team can go, but I should, hey, Roke can't go, but I should be there. You shouldn't, you cocksucker. Bring some viewers. You know what I mean? Put some, it's like the WNBA, put some bums in seats and we can talk. We can talk all day long. It wouldn't be about gender at that point. It's just about business. So I'd say the same thing. Like let's get the view, because right now viewership is all that sells our game. So I love it because this is this goes into the next point. When you look at the groups for Katowice, holy shitballs. Like Group A is, the, listen, Liquid, Cloud9, Navi, G2, Big, Phase Clan. That's just Group A. Then you go to Group B, Heroic, OG, Maus, Vitality, Nip, and Outsiders. It's like, dude, you better be, you better, like only three of these teams get through. You better be hoping in Group A that you got G2, Phase, and Navi getting through at this point. Because otherwise, you know, your viewership is toast. If these guys get knocked out and instead you've got like even Cloud9 or Liquid, you know, going through and then what on the other side, you're going to have any what pick your poison at that point. Outsiders, heroic, like who cares in terms of viewership? These guys are going to get through and nobody's going to watch you, you. You've you've screwed yourself in terms of like that's where it really blows my mind. Like, how did they determine the group seating and how are they not kind of maybe, you know, giving it a nudge if you're ESL to say maybe phase goes in group B? 
Or, you know, like, how are you not doing that little switcheroo? Because unfortunately, fair play for this tournament at least, they have that's one thing I've given props to for ESL with the big events. They have established that they set the rankings in place and then they just invite based on that. They set the group, they seed based on that. That's how they do it. The thing is, though, I will say that is, and we've discussed this many times in the past, so spoiler, it's on past episode. They definitely don't do that for Pro League. I've heard a million times over. You'll always see magically one group seems to have a lot of NA teams. And once you, all the Brazilian, they just don't let them all fly in at the same time. That, that is a semi dodgy because that does actually affect the credibility and the integrity of the tournament. But for the other ones, at least as far as I know, they just, they just take it on the chin if they get unlucky. Cause yeah, obviously group B, even though it has some good teams like sleeper teams, the names aren't as big. The names look shit in group B. <laughs> and uh, like you said about fan bases, think about it. If things went wrong, you could end up in a world where in the, in the first group you fuck up and you get nearly all your NA and all your CIS viewership killed in the group. You know what That's I mean? It. That's it. Navi yeah. look vulnerable. They're going to knock out one or the other cloud nine or Navi. <laughs> Well, there's a lower bracket, so yeah, to there's be a lower fair. bracket. But uh, I mean, still, like even in the upper bracket, I mean, you're gonna, you're already gonna put one of your big CIS names out of it. Although Cloud Nine can't hold a candle to Navi. Navi are your biggest draw in terms of viewership right now, uh, apart from G2 and Phase. Like you, you have to uh, get Navi through, or at least get them deeper through, and get them through into the playoffs. Because otherwise, man, it's gonna get, it's gonna be grim. The other side of it, it's like, yeah, okay, fine. Mao's could potentially come up with something good. They could give us a repeat performance. We haven't seen them play. We, I mean, I'm throwing this out there, but I'm pretty sure we haven't seen them play since Rio. So we don't have anything to go off of uh, as far as Mao's level. What, That's what because, they're again, they, they're another team suffering from this partner approach to the scene. They were top four at the major. Brilliant. The problem is they're not a blast partner, so they're not in yeah, blast. Right, yeah. Fall finals, they're not in the fucking thing. Now, sure, like every team, if you're Ents, if you're them, if you're Vance, yeah, you can always come through the showdown. The showdown is mega hard to get through, and only one team comes through each one, remember? So that is brutal. And like you might see there, you might end up playing bloody Vitality or something, you know what I mean? Like some actual real killer team. So, yeah, there's a reason why Mouse. Yeah, you're right, they haven't played since then. They've done fuck all. Yeah. Is that all? So it's it's uh, big big question marks there. Uh, I guess, I guess if anything, Mouse should be grateful that they got OG right off the bat. Uh, they could potentially ease in on that one. And, you know, OG aren't going to have anything to go off of. That's the other painful thing for OG. You know, the, you're thinking that OG, oh, cool, you know, this is their opportunity to shine. It's going to be a bit of a rough start for them because if they had even, uh, you know, a team like Heroic, if OG, you know, run into Heroic first round or something like that, then it's like, okay, they they know what to expect and they can they can play to that and do some uh, do some research. OG are going in completely dark on this one. So that's, uh, that's a rough break for OG. You kind of feel for them on that one. I'm sure they would have preferred to get uh, a team that was a little bit more well-known, a little bit more well-versed. Um, Nip and Vitality right off the bat as well. That's the banger, mate. Because here's the thing. If you've seen Nip, even before they had Hedrick, like, I'll say this. So far, Hedrick hasn't looked that good, guys. I mean, one thing I actually didn't know, because I used to watch part. him when he was at the lower level, is this is insane. Do you know he never was an opera originally? He was apparently an, a rifle player, and then after Monacy went, they made him the opera. So that's a little bit like... Eh, what? What are we doing here? Like, I thought this was like a, I thought this was the next up and coming op. This is the next wonderful or fucking, what? So, really? So the reason I bring that up is because let's be real, it hasn't really fragged out so far, guys. The joke so far is like everyone else in the team's being more dead. Like, so far, it kind of eats it. Brolan's back. Alexi's fragging out. At the other tournaments, it was people like Rez and them that were having the big game. So, I think the key thing for me with Nip is I still think they're a sleeper. I think they're pretty good. And the thing with Vitality is, even though they have looked better against some not that great opposition, Vitality looked pretty pretty dodgy the last few months. Like if they turn up and it's just like the Zebu show, they can get fucking beaten by Nip here for reals. <laughs> Without a doubt, they certainly can. They are, they are definitely showing that they're vulnerable. I mean, it's still Zebu doing the majority of the lifting on that team. It is absolutely crazy uh, how much work that guy can do. He is a workhorse in that, in that context. 
And it, it still feels like you're always kind of left wondering what, what is the rest of, uh, what is, you know, Spinks, is he going to show up and take over? He's been kind of hit and miss. Dupree showed some spikes there stat, for a bit. That'll blow your mind. A, a piece of it. trivia, because I'm the esports historian. All right. Right. Zero was at Katowice 2019. It was a major with uh, Vitality, obviously, when he first began his career. 2020, he was there again. We had the one where we had to go online, but it was still there. 2021 was online. So skip that one. So for Lance, we're coming to 2022, the one that was won by Faze, and now we're at 2023. So this is going to be his fourth Katowice, right? He's never made the playoffs ever. Really? Oh, they don't bring that up when they try and tell he's the GOAT, do they? They don't, they don't, they somehow forget that detail. In the same way as he's done almost nothing at majors. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? It's pretty. So actually, there's another thing. If you're Zero, you should be super warm. This Completely. is a big one. You know, you've got to get this one, mate. Like, I'm not, here's the thing. I'm not blaming Zero entirely. He has had some bad kind of eats, but you've got to get it this time. Come on. Like, the team's good enough this time. You've got to get at least, at least make the playoffs. That's all I need. Come on, make the playoffs. You can do it. He can do it. Yeah, no, with that, I mean, it's, it's especially with the amount of money that they've spent on that roster lately. If you aren't making the playoffs as Vitality, it's a disaster. And uh, that was, what was that? Was that, uh, it was Maniac's point, wasn't it? Coming out of last year where he was just saying like, listen, you're, you're, you're still, it's still considered a disaster as far as the performance last year. This year, you really have to make something, you have to blow the roof off the place if you're Vitality, especially because you didn't make any of these roster changes the way that other teams have made. Um, you know, FaZe playing with stand-ins, although, the, although uh, FaZe is supposed to be playing with Rain. Uh, this tournament, he's supposed to make his return. Yeah. Uh, also, um, Roban will be back as well. So that's, a, you know, it should be a full strength, full bore phase here. And uh, they should be swinging for the fences. Uh, hopefully Rain is dialed in. That's that's going to be the question, you know. Um, uh, newborn Babe may not have been getting the best sleep. I hear that that happens. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully he's going to be sharp and he's going to be able to, to, to show a good level. Uh, big have just caught the short end of the stick here on this one, unfortunately, for themselves. You know, going into Group A, going up against G2 first. G2 just look uh, phenomenal. They 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 look like a team that... I mean, I'm just hoping that Nico shows the same level, man. Like, or, or even just close to the same level as we saw at Blast, because Blast, he just looked completely unstoppable. It just looked like the player to beat in the tournament. And so if we can get even the, a similar kind of performance out of Nico here... Dude, this is, they are going to be a team to be reckoned with going into these groups. It's going to be sick. I'm actually really stoked to see uh, G2 just kind of maul this group and get through into uh, the, the next uh, stage, into the qualified. That's uh, why this game's an, an underrated matchup, though, because everyone looks at the firepower. Look at the names. Like, there's no one on, on you look on, if you're, you look on big, there's no one like Nico, Monty. But here's the thing. Big is always a fucking uh, a test in a way you can never expect. They yeah, anytime they, they play a top team, they just rise to the level. And partly because they play real system Counter Strike with set things on maps where they've studied it. They've got Gobby, they've got Tabs, and they've got this whole history. They've got all German players speaking one language. Like the the fun thing is about this matchup is yeah, it's the massive power punching from G two. And if G two everything goes well, they they can smoke them two zero. But there's also the world where big steals a map, maybe it's Nuke or something, and then suddenly you're into this scenario. And then it's like a the third map, it's like an Anubis or overpass. It's a sixteen twelve, and it's going oh, it's getting a bit of yeah, that, that's good. It's a good warm up test for them, in my opinion. Because I still don't know if I believe G2. I think they, they still look like they're on like a weird honeymoon period from that tournament. Even though it's not a honeymoon period for the lineup. Like, all they've done is play a blast groups after playing that fucking, the tournament where it was like no pressure whatsoever. So I need to see, this is a real match now. Yeah, this could actually, and I mean, I like how you paint that picture. Again, it's a good reminder of, as well that Big are, are back to that full German lineup. I guess the reason why I don't really always consider Big to be um, a real threat is that is that Searson continues to leave me wondering you know oh, when, when when is he gonna he's take overrated. over yeah 
you know, it's it it, it sucks yeah, to yeah. say because I it's it's not it's not you know when you make these kinds of points, it's not out of a, a place of ill will. Oh. You really do hope to see the best out of a player, and when a player shows you what he's capable of online and like the best case scenario kind of environment for him. You you know to not see that translate to land and to not see that translate to the big matches, it's always painful. You're always left hoping that he's going to be able to unlock that full potential and and do the damage. And every time I watch Searson play, you know it's just it, it's always that same thing where there's always that that hesitation to fully commit to big because you you don't quite have like you say that that star rifler. I uh, you know you don't really have that that star rifler to take over. Half the time it's fucking Tabson and he's the IGL. It shouldn't be Tabson who's having to do that kind of heavy lifting. And then, uh, and then, if you can't fall back on Searson, you're just not going to quite have that firepower to be contending in the top five. You're going to be in that perpetual like gatekeeping top ten, where, like you say, you'll play up to the level of the top five, and you should beat the teams that can't quite get up, get through. Like you should be in that space where you're very firmly in like the tenth, eleventh, you know, kind of ranking, right? And that's it. Feels like that's where Blake, bigger at actually. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what are they right now. Oh, well, there must be like what ten, eleven, twelve, or something. They're nearly always around there. They might even be top ten, are they? Let me have a look. Right now, really? Whoa, 16th. Man, I wouldn't have had them that low. Okay, okay then. Well, then, I mean, again, I, they're not at the blasts, though, Sam. So we just had right. two blasts they're in a row, so points. that fucks you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not getting those points. That's yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's uh, let me see here. Yeah, but uh, that that is a really good point, though, that you bring in as in like they're this homogenous team that could actually uh, take on the uh, the G2 international project. So fascinating, fascinating to see if uh, if that pans out for sure. Uh, was there is was there is there any other like potential matchup that you could be uh, that you could be looking forward to here uh, in this first round? Because unfortunately, you can't really see where the teams go. Can you? Is it how is that determined? I don't see that information. I don't know how that's determined. Is the problem? Okay, so, so big, OG, nip. that's the problem oh, with the other matchups. I don't know who's playing mm -hmm. who, do I? Because there's all nip. those teams left. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Does it actually say who plays who? Let's see. Yeah, I'm trying no, to look. It, like, it doesn't tell OG you. OG up in Group B. And, yeah, but that uh, was because they came from the upper, nine. though. That doesn't, that's okay. not going to help you, Sam, because that came from upper, so these are Yeah, so I wonder matches. if they follow the same pattern, then we could potentially have Spirit No, because Sprout. think about it logically. They, if anything, it would be the opposite pattern, wouldn't it? Because you wouldn't want to have, like, teams who just played each other in the same playing bracket, sort of going to the same group. You know how when you come out of these groups here, the actual groups of the double limb, you don't have, like, one and two come on the same side of the playoff bracket. You do, like, opposite sides. So you probably could figure it out, but I haven't got time to do it now, so don't worry about that. And, all right, how about this then? I'll just give you, since we don't know, I'll, how about I speculate on what would be a cool matchup? Work. I think it. I think it'll be top and bottom going to Group A, and uh, the two middle uh, teams going to Group B. I think that's how it'll pan out. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet that that's how it's going to pan out. Which did you just say? Top goes where? Uh, top and bottom will go to uh, Group A, and uh, middle two will go to Group B. I think that's how it'll play out. I mean, you better hope not, because if that's the case, then. Because complexity be, played it against is going big. to be a nightmare. No, but the um, problem with that is everyone played everyone. I, I don't know how it works. There's no point doing this. People are going to be bored listening to it. I'll just good speculate. Point, point, Here's right. what I think would be a fun one. I would like to see if Team Spirit get through, because I don't think Sprout and Evil G is going to beat them. If Team Spirit get through, I'll tell you how I want them to play. Another team, Team Liquid. Because I'll tell you what, when Team Liquid plays against Team Spirit, I think Team Spirit is like arguably like on their level of fucking like the talent. And I tell you what, Patsy's a very good rifler. The wonderful guy looks better than fucking Aussie. I would love that because that's a spicy opener. Spicy. <laughs> that would be a fun one. That would be uh that would be a sick one. We haven't actually yeah, no, we have seen them 
Uh, so that was the question. Chopper actually had a big uh, overperformance. Magix as well, interestingly enough. It was actually in the series that we've seen from Spirit, um, we're waiting to see Patsy and those guys kind of wake up and get into the mix. Patsy actually underperformed. So I'm kind of yep. curious. Patsy and Wonderful, like, we should see a, see a flip. But um, it I, it is Maui who was just straight up saying, like, he thinks that they're the best unsigned or, or unpartnered team That's right delusional. now. That's delusional. Because you have to realize... He's inferring they're better than Cloud9. They're not better than Cloud9. Come on. Like, look, Spirit's a nice dark horse uh -huh. team. They're not better than Cloud9. Come on. They're not. You know, know. No, no. You don't think they, they outperform yeah. uh, Shiro, Axile, Hobbit? You know, the, the core? How many events Spirit won? <laughs> How many finals Spirit been in? Answer zero to all these, by the way. Yeah. So, listen, it's cool that they made, like, those major runs. Those were good. Those were basically all they did. Everyone's hyping it all too much. Like, you have to do more. Look, the major is the most important. I always say it's not the only important one, though. That's what I love about CSGO. We're not Dota. It's not just TI only. Like, you can't just get fourth at one and go, I'm really good. It's like, you have to prove it at the next event as well. So the problem with Spirit as well is this. That's why I picked that light matchup very carefully, Sembler. Spirit is also a team. It's a bit like Big. It's super duper about the matchup. If you give Big the right opponent who doesn't play a very tactical Counter-Strike and has the right maps that's a bit dodgy, they can beat a lot of teams. But if you put Spirit against, like, full-powered Nar, a Big against full-powered Nar, they wouldn't win. You know, they would have no chance. So, to me, again, it's like Spirit has to get the right type of opponent. Like, instead, I'll give you a, a different alternate one. If Spirit instead was drawn against, like, um, FaZe Clan... Heroic, I would bet big time that these teams handle them. I think these have got the IGLs, they've got the players in the right piece. I think they would just they would just take care of business. Even if it was close, they would win. I would put a lot of money on the other team. What would your um what would your take be about this Ents uh, roster? Because they're they're the team I if I want to see a team actually make it through, yep. like I do really badly want to see Ents make it into the uh, group stage. The problem and, uh, they have basically is that they that they had to sell Spinks because even though Sun Pius, if you go and like what's he brought to the team, he's done a good job. He's actually probably an underrated opera. He's good, but the problem they have is, and people might know that we used people used to say this about Ents when it was Ents and Fears at the beginning of 2022. Ents and Fears have a relationship that's a bit like the old Mouse in 2018 and Fears. You know, people used to say Mouse was the poor man's Fears because Fears used to have like Nico, Guardian, Rain, and then. Mouse used to have like Sonny, Rops, Oscar. And it's like, they're good, but they're like budget versions, right? Ents was the same. And so I think it's the same scenario. You know, in phase, we always say the brilliant thing is they can win, but none of their players are going to be top five. Ents is like that, but one level down. Because if they have a game where St. Pius is doing all on the AWP, Dija is rifling well, Valde gets in the mix. You can do it by committee now. You can, that's enough. That they together make a star. Their problem is they don't have Zewu. They don't have an Axe. They don't have like the one really sick star. So the problem with their game is they also have to, the team has, structure has to really work well. Snappy has to call a great game. They have to prep well. People have to all have like a good performance. Not a great one, but a good performance. So the problem at the moment was Valde obviously took a while to get online. Every now and then, D-Hall have not so great a game. I actually think some players are pretty consistent. So my problem with them is just that they don't have, like, crazy firepower. They don't have that one player who's just godlike. That, that's And at the moment in World Counter-Strike, it's why I love Counter-Strike, the game. Those godlike players have enormous impact on series because they can just win one map for you. You can be in a tight scenario and they go, you know what? I'll take care of this, boys. 35 frags, we're through. You're not going to get that very often from a Sunpias or a, or a definitely not Valde right now, you know? Oh. Yeah, Valda, I'm, I've pretty much given up completely on the idea of Valda being in, 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 in any kind of hard carry role. I do think they're a solid team, though. I think, actually, they're, they're, they're not a bad team. I like them. I, I mean, credit to Snappy. He does still get the value out of everybody. I mean, that's, that is the, the, the thing. He is truly a gem of an in-game leader, and he knows how to work with what he's got. And, you know, good on him there. 
uh like you got you got to give credit to um saw as well you know it's, it feels like the the two between the two of them they're really figuring out how to make the team work but um you know when it comes to valda on an individual level uh don't think that he's uh, i don't really i don't i i don't really consider him to be like any kind of hard carrier any, anywhere close now i do i really do feel like he's going to be like your middle of the pack kind of rifler who's going to be your your journeyman your tradesman whatever you want to call him uh, the, the guy who's just going to show up, give you like a 1.0, 1 1.05 kind of rating. Uh, and, there, and there it is. Like, I, I just don't expect anything more from him anymore because it's been so long that we've been saying, you know, he can take over, he can do it. He never, he never does, it feels like. What, what do you think weird. about him? They were one of the teams. Oh, no, it, look, it, that ship sailed. I'm sorry. Like, I give it a try. I, people know, but for Pro League, I bet all that fucking money that they would just ace their group and do all some and stuff. They didn't, and I've seen all their games since, and they never do this. And Valde at the moment is like, every three games, he has a good map. Good, not amazing, good map. And then he has like an average, and he has a bad map. And, and it's just like that. And so as a result, yeah, you know what? He'll have like a 1.0 rating. That'll be like, his, his fucking time span, won't it? So that just shows he hasn't got it at the moment. Now, I can't, like, if there's some miracle happens, there's a miracle. I can't predict that. So right now, I wouldn't predict it happens. So my problem with their team is, they're one of the teams, look, I didn't know that actually people would so quickly get over all that config drama and people didn't mind the bad PR and it was considered cool to have him come back. Because I was thinking, actually, someone like Ents should be the ones in the market for him. Like, if you think he's not going to get into a FaZe clan, he's not going to get a big top team and everyone's sort of avoiding him because he's a toxic asset, that is your star player if you're an Ents. Bring him in. Instead of out, now we're cooking with gas, Hobie. That would be fucking fire, wouldn't it? And spoiler snap, he's already had config in the past. He was in optic too with him. Question is whether or not you could compete if you're Ents. Like maybe they, you know, it's like I wouldn't be surprised if they did give him an offer, but the offer that Ents is going to give you is probably going to be half of what a team that takes on. It's the problem. I suspect they didn't. And what I would say is by suspect, that just means I sort of know, but I have to say I suspect. I suspect uh, they don't want him because here's the problem. They their vibe also in their team summer is they do want like a like a healthy working environment and like people all like get it and there's no big egos and, and sorry, config is not that player. He just isn't. He's gonna have some problems, he's gonna have big egos. That, by the way, that goes hand in hand with who he is. That's why though it's more appropriate he's on NIP. Because I actually think on NIP the geniuses, the rest of them are all laid back sweets. I want the guy with a bit of fire who's a bit of a fucking meathead, you know, that sort of count balances him out. You know, if he'd been on phase, it would have been the dream because I think Carragher would be able to help. he'd be respect him enough, he'd handle him. So I just the problem I think is I think they just I think a lot of people some teams were scared to go for config. That's for a fair good reason. That's a fair point. Thought that it would be a monetary thing, uh, but uh, yeah, no, that makes that makes. I mean, sense they also well. probably can't pay it as much as Fears if they wanted him. But they could. Here's the thing: Ence isn't in the dumps. Ence is more like, put it this way: as far as I know, Ence is like they're more than like a big, but they're not like, for example, I, I would say they're like below heroic. They're more like an OG, if you know what I mean. Like, if I had to guess, I would give you a guess. I would guess that Ence players make. Twelve thousand dollars a month or ten thousand. Yeah, it, like you that's know? that's the thing. I'm not putting ends like the. It's not a disservice to ends. I think ends are actually like much more in line with with where the industry actually is in terms. They've of, never taken know, any VC. Call. Apparently, they're just a real yeah. company. No, they're they're runs, a legit yeah. business. Yep. Same as same as Black Molly. Same as like same as Black Molly. Same as PGL. Same as um. Yeah, they're 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 one of those companies that hasn't taken anything on. They're just doing it as in like we're gonna grow that we're we're gonna bring money in. We're gonna grow it. We're gonna reinvest and we're gonna do that each year. They're not doing the whole uh, pump and dump, uh, you know, get rich quick scheme that a lot of other esports organizations have been doing, where it's just like, oh, just blow it up, take in the VC, blow it up as much as you can, get more people to invest into it, and and make your money and fuck off. Um, that's that's yeah, it, it, I've got a lot of respect for the guys who run ends. Uh, they they're really at you know, shout out not to. So, um, and Petri, 
So what else? Are, what else have we got on the Katowice front? I mean, we don't really have too much unless we want to do some more uh, predictions. Because well, how about this? Since I said yes, I'll never address it. Is no one going to address that at the moment? The tournament is wide open, right? There's no yeah. like, like you, you could see G2 failing, you could see Vitality failing, you could see Outsiders failing, you could see Rogue failing. Remember, if Faze wins this, they win the Grand Slam. Yeah. It's a million dollars, guys. That's pretty big. Like, and so that's, I think that's the main story for me. Like, I tell you what, I don't, FaZe isn't the dominant team they were before, but I still have them as my number one. I think the flaw of the team is very good. That's what I'm looking forward to because this could actually end up being a historic tournament in that sense. And then also look at even the other teams, right? What's cool is because everyone's so all over the place, anyone else winning is enormous too, similar. Like, let me give you some names. Imagine Navi wins. That's enormous after the NPL saga. And this. And remember, the last time they were even in a final was Cologne before the player break. That was ages ago, mate. Then I'll go through some more teams. If Heroic wins, it's fucking huge because it shows it wasn't a fluke what they did last year. Spoiler, I don't think they will. I think they're one of the teams that maybe doesn't make playoffs and they sort of, uh, look, in the group they're in now, they probably have a good chance to. But In the, in the group they are now, yeah. yeah. But I would they, have maybe had them come 7th or 8th, you know, maybe they don't make it. Outsiders won the major, but did nothing at world finals. Are they actually a top team? Did they just get an easy bracket? Cloud nine. They don't normally do it at the big tournaments, do they? They don't tend to win them, except when it was online. You keep going. G2, that would be amazing. Imagine if Hoxie could win Kanavitsi. That would be, and especially in the context that Alexi B was in the final before, but didn't win. Land victories. Yeah, there's, there's basically almost any big team makes a really good storyline. It's just uh, if you if you look and for at the it, people like why didn't you do brutal. Team Liquid? Look, I was like making realistic storylines. It's not fucking bedtime. I'm not like, and then the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, <laughs> and then mouths are gonna ride on the backs of you know, like exactly. <laughs> and then we all float up to Candy Island with our lollipop umbrellas, and there's a lesion. You know what? Twists is back, and it's all happy days. There it is. There it is. We do it all along. <laughs> I know, dude. Actually, I mean, if anything, like Liquid, it's been a bit. Uh, like the the performance that we saw at Blast, that left you really wondering what's going on on that team. Uh, and actually, it's kind of worth mentioning because whatever you have to do to get Yakinder performing again, Yakinder completely fell off a cliff at Blast in terms of individual performance. Nowhere near the level. This is where no one's ever going to be on my level. Wordplay. You know, wordplay is my shit sample, the metaphors. When Yakinder has a shit game, here's what you say, commentator. He laid an egg. Your kinder egg. <laughs> you can have that one for free. That's just fire, there mate. Go, there you go. So this, because that's the thing. Here's what I find. You know, you know where I'm going if you've been following the last few months. No, no, guys. You've all told me, and he in the interviews has sort of agreed with you. He is a genius and a secret IGL who is teaching Daps, Elige, and Nitro how to play Counter-Strike. By the way, how could he? This cocksucker hasn't been in a fucking major final. One massive... What? So, But if he's doing all that, then how can we then go where he's off his form? Someone's got to help him. No, no, no. He'll do it himself. He's the wonder child. So come on then, you kinder. Pop it out. What surprise have you got for me today? Because at the moment, you're in Team Liquid. I'm worried about the hazard of choking elements. That's fucking... That's too good. <laughs> fucking hell. Why, why am I sat at home? I should be ruling... Can oh, it's important, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. There it <laughs> Whatever. Is. Whatever. <laughs> uh, well... I mean, the, the redemption, redemption. We see, we see if he's, if he can, if they can pull it back, if they can actually get something going here or not. I mean, it's a, they're in a bit of a group of death. It feels like, but uh, shit, guys, I mean, <laughs> your backs are at the wall now because if you don't actually pull something off here, there's probably going to be some more changes in the future uh, around the corner for like should be, should be at this point.
I have to I say, I'm a bit out on that lineup, mate. I'd, I'd like some sort of a big change. I don't know what it is, but I would gamble. I would go for a big move. Well, now you can't get, you can't snag config for free. Uh, you can't. Uh, you That's know, the so story you, of Team Liquid, by the way. What happens is this: they go, "Well, who can you even get?" And it's always like, "Well, we just had the player break, but we just had all the teams sand." It's too late now. Yeah, you know what? If you go to the supermarket one minute before it closes, there's not going to be any fucking bananas out there, is there? Like you, you shout, like, "Go in the morning, you moron!" Or plan in advance. You know you need bananas. No, 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 no. They don't do that. They none, none of that here. Uh, they are a massive organization with a lot of money. They can just buy people out. It's fine. No, they don't. They don't need to do any of that. I mean, nowadays the players just buy themselves up. <laughs> <laughs> no qualms there. And here's the other one. You know what? I'll give you a spicy one because I've got to say, Assembler. Do you remember? Fans were speculating. It was actually never a rumor. The rumor was maybe it was Boster went to Navi. Fans always said before Liquid, like, what if Yakindar went to Navi? Dude, I think if I'm Yakindar and Navi, I'm rethinking that. Imagine them dropping fucking Yakindar into Navi. I think we solve a lot of problems tomorrow, don't we? Like, imagine what a crazy team that would be. If I'm Yakinda and yeah. Navi, I'd want to do that move. That sounds like a, that sounds like you go, to, you win the major here. That sounds amazing. I wonder the language barrier isn't going to be too much of an issue, though, right? He's, I mean, he's uh, he's spoken Russian in the past, so it wouldn't like, be. As uh... far as I know, the people in that area remember he comes from the same. Uh, yeah. He comes from Latvia. Well, obviously, I mean, he played on. As far as I know, they speak a bit of Russian. Yeah, exactly. As far as I know, they're all fine with it. The only thing is, as well, there's one other reason why, as well. Because since Yekindar has been a bit of a shit to me, and he is a bit smug, well, at the moment, he's with all, like, just quiet American guys. I want him in that fucking simple pressure cooker. I want him locked in that booth that becomes a steel cage death match. I want him... It's like, your punishment must be more severe, Yekindar. Yeah, exactly. I want him to fucking go through the fire. Who's going who's gonna to break, uh, break him uh, over their knee, though? That's the question. Exactly. I was wondering which should break first. Your bank account with the buyouts or your spirit? <laughs> there, you go, there you go. There you go. Great fire. Not bad. Listen, that deserves a follow. That deserves a comment yeah. below. I think it deserves uh, some yeah. fucking Twitch Prime. Start getting them out, boys. What do you let's want? Go, let's go. You're only going to go and everybody. give them to fucking Launders or whatever. And he's going to go like, hey, guys, I'm going to watch the greatest demo ever. Simple drops 58 kills. He's just watching like, simple like 180 headshot. Snap. No scope. Jumps up, kills another guy. So, uh, Launders goes, ooh. Because if you don't know, for some reason, Lawrence has the worst reaction game ever when he reviews Devil. So stop giving him the fucking Twitch Prime. Give it to me, you twat. It's free anyway. Click that little button. Click it to me. I don't know what you do with it. I'm a boomer. I don't know shit about Prime. Give me Prime. Optimus Prime, bitch. Hey, <laughs> well, thank you, Annihilator Gator. Thank you, Xavier. Uh, good support. Oh, work. Oh, sound good. I'll do it again next time. Okay. We'll do it again. Sound. Whatever. All right. We'll have to figure out a way, though. Like, is it uh, is it by uh, subscribing that we'll get questions in the future? Like, that'll open up to questions. Uh, like, I'm, I'm that hasn't not... been resolved yet. Yeah, it hasn't so been resolved be yet. But we do have questions, so let's hop. We still into have that a few now. in the old question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is this is carrying over. So um, we have some questions. So thanks again if you've made it this. Can far. We just do a quick break. I need the toilet quickly. Yeah, go for it. We'll be back in a couple of minutes, guys. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being patient. We're going to hop into the questions now. Uh, these were given over uh, by uh, some... Well, if you were holding uh, GrogCoin before, that's no longer the way to support. Uh, we are working that out right now as in terms of like how... It's already been done in forward. theory, but if you haven't been taken care of, it's your last chance. Go to the Discord. It's already too late, but we might just out the kindness of our hearts just pay for your shit. So go there or shut the fuck up. Well, there we go. <laughs> All right. Divorce lives in Lucky's shadow. First question. How do we overcome differences between each other and connect? 
Nowadays, people seem very divided and polarized by political opinion, ideological concerns, often forgetting that a person is so much more than an opinion, argument, or talking point. For a good example, it's obvious that Richard and Thorne surely have major disagreements on some social or political matters, but they appear to be great friends. What is the secret to forming real friendships in such an environment as we have today? I mean, it's, you're not going to like the answer, but I mean, Richard told me this years ago and he was right. If you have something like that, where you actually have a connection with the person, you have a history with the person, if you get along with the person, what you say is this, you go, tell you what, why don't we just not talk about politics, right? Let's get a beer and talk about the game, the thing. Yeah, then, you, then you're back in real life because the politics is designed to divide and conquer, isn't it? Like the whole premise. So, and I, I think genuinely don't talk about it. Spoiler, that stuff is important in the sense of like conceptually, how do you see the world? Like what should we do as a society? You and your mate aren't figuring it out together. You and a guy at the club aren't. Why did they just skip it? It's just a minefield that there's no point going into, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much bang on the money, isn't it? Like at this point, it's hard to have like. Let's be real, it's hard to get somewhere where they are going to have like you know like a calm discussion or debate. It's just gonna. I feel like it's just you're just gambling your friendships or your relationship if you do that, you know. Well, it's all it's all couched in emotion now. That's the, that's the other thing as well. So you know, it's like how do you if if you're so deeply tied, a it's couched in emotion and also it's couched in personality because you no longer have anything to tie yourself down to as in like your nation, your culture, any of that sort of thing. And so now it is, you know, made into like, oh, what's your political belief? Oh, you know, is, that's who yeah. you are. That is your personality. And so now not only is it uh, not only you're going to have a disagreement there, but you may, you know, now it's like a per it becomes a personal attack if somebody disagrees with you on a certain topic, because, you know, now that's your personality, you're you're this, that or other label. And so now, you know, you have to defend yourself because it's it's been tied to you intentionally tied to you to make you think in that fashion so that then you become confrontational if you are discussing it. And so that, yes, it is divisive and you can no longer have those kinds of conversations done. So Richard, Richard with the banger, with the banger, um, mature take on it, which is, yeah, just don't like, just don't talk about those things. And I think as you go through, like you'll, you'll even realize you, that is the only option because now it's like what I was saying. I've said this in the past where, it's almost like a it takes like a miracle or something now. If you're gonna if you're gonna change somebody's mind, you're gonna have like all of this the the sickest arguments right off the bat, and you're actually gonna change somebody's mind in a conversation. It's almost a miraculous miraculous event because it just doesn't happen now because everything is so closely tied to the personal that um you know it's it's just not it's just not really gonna happen, guys. Like don't 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 risk the friendship, don't risk the relationship with your family, don't be the guy you know bringing it up at uh, at dinner at home or whatever. Uh, leave it be, and uh, or you just do it super subtle like just uh you know a grain here a grain there you're not you're not really going to be going into these kind of heated arguments anymore i don't think it's possible i also think it, it is actually like impossible with some people to have a discussion because here's the problem since as semler said these are identifiers now they're not principles and things you believe in or your philosophy mm -hmm. they're just like a band t-shirt and we all know everyone's been to a nightclub where a guy had on a ramones t-shirt you went big fan of ramones nah i just got it you know primark or h&m yeah, yeah, like you know so that's what it's like now. so the problem is when you sit down and look, look this is why there's a certain guy who used to be in starcraft 2 who does all these amazing debates they're all dog shit and he is fucking garbage because because all he does is sit and debate instead of reading the books about politics. He doesn't know about like fucking like John Hent, Stuart Mill or so. He couldn't tell you about any of that shit. So you're not going to dig down and get anywhere. All you're going to do is he's just going to use debate tactics or you're going to dig in and find out, oh, he just believes that because that's what his TV channel says. That's what his friends say. That's what he thinks you're supposed to say to be a good person to him. Like, that's not interesting to me. I like it, by the way. Here's what people don't know, Samler. I've even got found a guy online who's actually a full-on Fuck, like, admitted he's a proud communist. 
But here's the thing. He's an intellectual and he's a very interesting thinker. So, for example, one of the things he does, remember, this used to exist back in the day. He does critique of communists. He has like his own left critique of how it's done. And like, he doesn't like certain things and he thinks people misread Marx. So as a result, this guy's a really interesting guy. He's a totally unique thinker. He's not just giving talking points and the same shit you think. So as a result, that would be a fascinating person to talk what to. What is this guy's name? I, is this the guy who debated uh, Jordan Peterson? No, no, uh, no, no, no. It's not a famous person, mate. It's a guy on Twitter. It's a guy writes on like a Substack. Okay. Okay. Writes on a Substack as yeah. well. Yeah. But that's the point. So, for example, he's done articles oh, yeah, that I've Zizek, read right. where, where it's like, oh, is, you know, um, have people have like, for example, like this is an, uh, here's a quick one without opening too big a rabbit hole. Here's an obvious example. Everyone who's going to go, isn't China terrible? It's like, sure. But the problem is you're getting all your talking points from the CIA. So you know what I mean? Guess what? I don't think the CIA is particularly brilliant. So what he sometimes does, which is what you want a journalist to do, someone who's a thinker, is to show you like this part's right, but actually they've mispainted that part. And this program was better than people thought. And maybe there's a reason why this person, these people, you know, it's really interesting because the point is he isn't spitting talking points. He's bringing his own points. They're the people I, I don't, you could, I've always said diversity of thought is a brilliant thing. Of course, that's awesome. But I, I hate when you talk to someone and you realize like their whole takes like, well, capitalism is better than communism. Like, yeah. you know, those aren't the options. What? What is it? This is those like, this is like Legos. You're playing, fuck Lego. You're playing with Duplo. You know, the one before Lego. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Just a big block. Like that's all your, so when I realized that I'm just not interested as well. Like there's nowhere to go on that because here's the thing. I have okay. a lot of unique takes on things, don't I? I'm not just, you can't just put me in one box. Like, I've got my own philosophy on things. I think it's extremely challenging. It like the, the, the topics are so broad now as well, because if you actually do start digging into these topics, the amount of information you have to go through as you progress, Massive. have fun, have fun having that conversation with somebody yep. who is like you say, perhaps still at the surface level. Like I think this, and it's like, okay, well, we're, we're all the way down here now having this conversation. You get this like, all the time with religion. You get the kid where he's 19, he's just watched a load of Neil deGrasse Tyson videos and he was good in chemistry, right, and physics. So he comes online and he's like, Semler believes in God, lol, a man with a beard in the sky. And it's like, mate, if you just started busting his ass on like St. Augustine, like the fathers, like the people, some of the most genius writers ever on that topic, he'd just be like... He would have nothing. You'd have squared. Like, there's a famous saying, if people don't know, almost every religious, like, problem was solved by Thomas Aquinas. Like, what? Like, what was it? Like, the fifth century? Mental. Dark times. The dark ages as well. Those were seen as, like, the dark ages. I mean, those, those are one of the, like, um, it, 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 up until very yes, recently. Yes, it was. So, I, I'm, I'm, every... I'm, I'm confusing him with uh, St. Francis of Assisi or whatever. Like, yeah, it was, it was the okay. 17th century. You're right. Okay. Well, that's, a, that's a different one. But, um, the, the, um, no, like that, that, that is a, what the hubris, the pride, the, the, the ignorance, whatever you want to put it. It's I mean, 12, the programming the thing is like, they don't stand yeah. a chance because you're, you're brought up in this environment now where you're never, you're never even confronted with these ideas, let alone. Oh, you don't, you will, no, no, exactly. And but it's so, what I, do. uh, I always bring this up. I can't, this is how, you know, the capture of America was complete years ago. Americans by default go democracy is the most important thing. You don't live in a democracy, idiot. You live in a democ democratic republic. Ask an American what a republic is. They can't answer, mate. So as a result, they don't even know the basics of their own system. They think, I'm not joking, similar. American, le leftist Americans think they live in, like in Germany or something. You know what I mean? Like politically, they don't, they don't even know where they live. So the point is they don't even know the terms they're throwing around. They say things like democracy. What do, I ask them, what does democracy mean? Because I think democracy is... Three wolves voting and one sheep. Well, exactly. who's for dinner? You know, that's <laughs> the joke in it. Well, because in this space of in this in this democracy where everything is so tightly controlled as to what you can actually discuss, 
uh, and then and then they and then you make it so that you continue to discuss those things. You make it even more, you know, so that the ex- extremes within the boundaries of the permitted com- conversation, yes. you know, then you have the illusion of having choice when in reality you're completely denied the choice and you're just allowed to operate in this very small window of democracy. This, yeah. So that's that's yeah, that's definitely. Uh, it's all over the place on that one. We're a bit out in the weeds on this one. Uh, the main thing, I guess, it, like the, the the baseline now, especially these days, is um, you don't have those conversations. Like, just don't have those conversations unless you know that you can have those kind of conversations. But if you think it's going to lead to confrontation, it's not worth it. You're not going to change the mind. You There's so much going against you in that sort of conversation. It's not. It's, it's really not even worth it anymore. So, um, yeah, just don't. All right. Hanoda. Kassad suggested in one of the shows that there should be a CT and a T-side coach specifically. What do you think about this, and why do you think teams don't implement it? Uh, I think we may be too early days still, like as in trying to find people who would be competent to, to uh, do those jobs. And also, there's, there's, I mean, it's, it's two points. It's a question of uh, resources, and it's a question of uh, expertise. And um, you would have to have a level of, you'd, be, you'd have to drill down and actually have a level of competence to to even be able to focus on that, let alone bring value to a team. So, I mean, look at how hard it is to find a good coach already. Now try and figure out how to find multiple coaches to fill different roles for every team. I, I just don't think we were there yet. It's going to take more time to develop uh, that kind of uh, skill base to draw on. What do you what do you think about it, Dunk? Um. Yeah, I got. I'll basically. I have said my piece on that. One. I think I've got. I've got my take on that one. Yeah. All right. Architect of Korean esports based Joe. Is playing CSGO low key more physically demanding than sports? <laughs> uh, I mean, I will right. say, I do think that people massively underestimate how draining like mental focus is. And spoiler, mm. half the people go, no, it is. It's a get. You can't even focus for 10 minutes, mate. You didn't even listen to what I was saying. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I yeah. think, especially if you have to play, like, that's why in the modern day, I do like that you play like, the one BO3 a day. You don't, you don't really play like, like, if you don't know back in the day, you sometimes play two BO3s in a day. That's pretty hard. Yeah. That's fucking oh, hard, yeah. mate. Especially now when a map can last of like an hour and 10, an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, hang in there. Yep. All right. So, uh, Let's see. Is playing CSGO low-key more physically demanding than sports? Tennis pros play five hours of pro tennis regularly, yet five hours of CSGO is so exhausting that even the audience is asking for the abolishment of it. Is it said chess? It is said chess burns similar amount of calories as tennis due to hyper brain activities. Is CSGO more demanding on your body than both? Can Nadal physically last an IEM Cologne best of five final? If you don't know, that is supposedly true, by the way. People who are chess players have to eat more calories and they do like burn off a mad amount. Because think about you are just like, it's just, it's like the joke is, here's the joke. It's like some like Star Trek episode. Like um, reroute the dilithium crystals from the engine to phasers and the shields for the, like you're just like rerouting everything to your fucking brain. Aren't you like everything to the brain. That's why they're all in terrible ship loads, like mega brains. So I've no doubt it's hard. The joke there obviously is like famously Nadal plays all those like fast five hour fucking tennis games, doesn't he? So pretty sweet. I don't think it would be more brutal. It's still hard to do things physically too. No, I mean, yeah, without a doubt they're there. And you still have a, a mental element as well, especially considering, you know, games like tennis, et cetera, you know, it seems so straightforward, but I mean, at a high level, you, it's, it's, it's a duel that's well, last mental that stuff in that too. Yeah. That's a chess game too. If you don't know, tennis isn't just about hitting the shot. It's about yeah. setting up the shot with the, it's a tactical game. So here's the joke. I'll give you, I'll play into the joke though. Nadal wouldn't last in uh, best of five at IEM because he wouldn't be able to abuse injury breaks and bounce the ball 45 times before serving every time. A cheat is way to a championship. You have to actually win normally in CSGO. Shout out <laughs> London. 
The other one, uh, oh, speaking of Djokovic, man, did you see that? Managing to pull that off. What a monster win for With him. With apparently a three centimeter tear in his hamstring. Really? By the way, that, if, if someone doesn't know, you wouldn't even be able to walk on that. He fucking won a grand slam off that. Holy shit. I had that's no idea. That's amazing. Yeah, that's And also, amazing. that really is how you beat people, by the way. You know when they say success is the best revenge? He's never going to have to say a single word about you know what last year, why he was not. All he has to do is just go, I'm the champion, bitch. How you like me now? In fact, you have to love me now and be champion. He's won. He won that battle. I uh, congrats, and especially in the venue after what happened last year. Like it was just the perfect, just perfect. You know, congratulations yeah. to him. Just fucking awesome. He really made it happen. All right, cheesecake enthusiast. What makes a book, movie, TV show worth revisiting, and when do you revisit them? Um, yeah, I mean, this is similar to the uh, to the this is similar to the question that we had last week, as in like what makes a good a good or a great book. I mean, that that is the thing. If if it's a great book, what I what I'll do is I'll leave it on the shelf for a few years and then revisit it when it's a bit fresh. You know, maybe uh maybe I'll have a different take, I'll have grown, I'll have changed my perspective on things. And so I'm gonna notice things differently when I get to the book again. Uh there's certain themes that'll maybe have dropped out or some certain details that I will have missed. And so getting getting to revisit it and look at it with a fresh pair of eyes, it's it's actually just one of the best experiences to be able to actually um to, to do that, to, to, to be able to pick a book up that you once um, really enjoyed and you know you deeply enjoyed it. That's why it's on your shelf. You've kept it there. And then you can come back to it years later and really get to revisit it. It's one of the absolute best experiences. Um, what makes it better? I mean, what makes a, a book? I mean, it's just that. It's a, it's a, Did it keep you thinking? Did it keep you interested? And do you want to go through the, the, the trouble of rereading it again? Uh, absolutely. For me, there's two factors. Because he didn't he also it. say movie. Wasn't this about movies or something? Yeah, movie, you made it about books because I'm killed on. Okay, right. Here's the premise I would say is one, if you've already seen it once, like a movie, you just won't want to watch it again if it wasn't good because you'll go, I know what happens. So there's a secret. Great movies are good even when you know what happens. I've watched the prestige about 10 times. The, yeah. the twist still works. I even know it's coming because they emotionally set me up in a way where it still has the same impact and it's still genius. That I don't. So there's one. And then the other one is when someone, something is a good movie, because I know like I'm going to know most of it. I like to wait enough years where I, I slightly forget some plot points. I'm not quite sure. And then like when it gets a little bit fuzzy, then I bring it out and I watch it all again. Cause then I can sort of read, it won't be fresh, but I'll just re-experience a different version of the movie as it were, you know? I just can't like the, um, I, I specifically think about books and some movies, but there's almost no TV show that I'll revisit now and not get annoyed with, in a sense. Okay. Um, in what sense? I mean, TV shows are full of fucking social programming, and that is yes, very that's, that's precisely why. It's yeah. like now I'll go back and watch something yeah. that I thought was good, and then I'll be like, what the fuck? Like, uh, take, take, for example, um, Boardwalk Empire. It was just, it was just, I, the first time I watched it, I loved it. Oh. This time I'm watching it. I'm like, a, this is just a rehash of uh, the Sopranos. They literally just carbon copied Sopranos yep. into a different period. Uh, and then, and then, you know, unlike in the Sopranos, where there isn't just fucking nudity and random violence all the time, uh, in Boardwalk, that's all it is. It's just they took yep. the Sopranos, they made you like Nucky Thompson, and then they just show you tits and and violence all the time. I'm just like. Oh, okay. So this is what a story is now. And, it, and then it's just the HBO. HBO are so good. They're so good at telling a story. No, now it's all just about tits, violence, yep. subversion. They're going to get your expectations and then subvert them as hard as they possibly can because that apparently is good writing now. Uh, Jack Thor, after listening to the Navi segment on the last By the Numbers, I wonder... Wh wait, wait, wait. No, I skipped a question. Zumba, sorry. 
Uh, Zumba. A train leaves Philadelphia at 1900, traveling at 100 kilometers per hour. The eastbound train from LA leaves at 2200, going at a speed of 120 kilometers per hour. Approximately how many calories will they burn if the Philadelphia train are all CSGO players, and how many calories will the LA train use, assuming they are all Valorant players? I just well, I don't think it care. Goes, this, this didn't engage me at all. It was a shit it, Okay. They thought it was I, funny. I, I can tell they thought it was really funny. The thing, you know? whoever did this thought this was hilarious spoiler this is why jokes in your head are different from jokes that are in the real world so they have to actually be funny in the real world so great spoiler as soon as you started that i was out it wasn't interesting you know yeah i um i think the csgo guys because i mean valorant dude valorant it's not that complicated a game come on cs you're probably it's a bit more demanding so i reckon they'll burn more calories there we go all right jack there after listening to the Navi segments on the last by the numbers, I wonder why why doesn't Blade just become the IGL instead of trying to make players a conduit for his strats? I assume he would be worse at shooting people than, for example, Boomich was. Lol at the assumption. Lol at the assumption. Did you ever see his career? He played 20 years. He was terrible the whole time. What are you talking about? There's the problem. It's why Hunden couldn't stay in Mad Lions, similar. You know what? Hunden was doing a great job as the IGL, IGL of Mad Lions. But here's the issue. He was so bad, similar. He was half a frag. Now, that means that Acor and Bobski don't have to be good. They have to collectively make up two frags around. That means you have to literally have Simple at his peak and probably Electronic go off. And remember, when they go off Semler, you don't just win the game because they went off. Now you're even with the other team that's got good firepower because of Blade. So then you hope the tactical... But what if the other team's good tactically? It just wouldn't be worth it. The downside would outweigh the upside. You basically, here's what the problem. You would be asking too much. It would be unreasonable to tell Simple and Bit, you have to frag the best anyone's ever fragged because I'm that bad. You know what I mean? Because I always say this, Carrigan's numbers don't look good, but the eye test of how he plays is fine. He doesn't look like he's playing like a shitter and feeding. He's doing his job. That's the issue. And also, Blade's style, wasn't, he wasn't like an up-tempo guy like that. So I don't think, it, I think it would be, I know everyone says it as a concept, but I just don't think it would work, unfortunately. And he's mega old. Let me look at how old Blade is. Come on, man. This is going to be like, what, 34, 35? It's got to be. Let's see. He is 36 years old. No, it wouldn't happen. Like, you are aware I'm 39. Can I get <laughs> in as well? Fuck it. Put me in. I'll yeah, keep yeah, Simple yeah. under control. I think this is, uh, yeah. It, it, it is just like, this is going to be the, the, the future. I mean, Blade is, is really trying to set up what he believes is the future of Counter-Strike in terms of competitive Counter-Strike, i.e. This, is, this kind of ties into the Kassad point, i.e. having different coaches for different roles. I mean, Blade is kind of like your head coach, and then he could even potentially have sub-coaches beneath him in his system. You, you, he could have that offensive coach. He could have that defensive coach. He could be the overarching coach. And you could, he could be trying to be on the cusp of building that whole, that whole um, structure going forward, a systematic approach to the game that um, doesn't make you entirely reliant on an IGL, i.e. like a, a galaxy brain like Kerrigan. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just that simple. It's really interesting. I mean, I, you know, that, that's, that's where it's going. All right, Blaz. Mozart has just finished listening to the latest popular Zoomer mumble rapper and is in possession of a world self-destruct button. <laughs> you must con convince him not to press it by showing him the best piece of music made during the last 50 years. What would you show him and do you think it would work? Best piece of music of the last 50 years. Right, spoiler. The issue here is because 
this is where the premise that doesn't work is you should have said like it has to be like a mainstream hit or something, you know. Because if it was a mainstream hit, obviously he would see that music isn't even music. It's a degenerate art. Instead of, re instead of just like the rest of art, reaching for the heavens, it plums the depths of hell and the human darkness and everything bad about society. So no, it would be terrible. He would have a terrible experience. He wouldn't even recognize it as music. But if we're picking like anything me and you like, like some obscure artist or something, yeah, there's some amazing shit like that he would think was sick. Like I have some computer bit. Like if I show him some like fucking banger Apex twin album or something, it'd be really interesting. Like, oh, what is this? This is I've never heard anything like this, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. It would be uh, completely new. I mean, just uh, what I wonder is like if you took a, if you took. I wonder if you could take a, like a band like Magma, something that really went out there um, and uh, created their own language, created, you know, had the opera angle, had the different instruments, but the modern instruments as well, the guitar, the drums. But, you know, if that could be a bridge uh, where it, it carries back to something he could relate to, but this could be potentially the future of where that goes. You know what I mean? Like not so something completely new that he would not would not have any way of conceptualizing or understanding. It would just be uh, like some kind of bridge for him to carry on and show and see that this is this is where it could potentially go. Uh, yeah, so I was just rewatching some magma the other day. Tri trippy enough, I know that you uh, you've been uh, thinking of, you've been putting some thought into this particular question because uh, you did your Patreon questions recently, and uh, that was uh, you had some good um, you had some good recommendations there. That was sick. About uh, listening to the latest popular Zoomer mumble rapper? I don't know if he could make it. I think he'd be hitting that button before he made it out of the first 10 seconds. <laughs> It'd be over. We wouldn't have a chance to make our case. He would just be like, nope. All right, Toby, how long do you spend on a computer a day and how do you try and stay active despite it? Not as much as I used to. I would still say I'd probably do a solid maybe eight or nine hours. But the difference is before, I, I have a, I've had times where I probably averaged like 13, 12 hours a day on a computer. I mean, especially back in my days when I was a journalist just at SK Game. I used to say I used to work 80-hour weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was crazy, exactly. you know. Um, yeah, I'm probably in a similar boat, maybe. Yeah, I'm definitely lower now, maybe six to seven hours, somewhere around there. Because uh, it's a bit of a hybrid. Because I do, um, you know, and how do you stay active despite it? You know, it's like because I do actually prioritize uh, hitting the gym more these days. I, I I have a dog now, so I'm walking my dog a lot. Uh, you know, trying to get outside, move, uh, not stay sitting the way that I used to for 10, 11, however many hours, you know, all day long in front of the computer. Um, that's, uh, that's definitely, yeah, not something uh, that I'm trying. Uh, if anything, I try to be more precise with what I'm doing at the PC now. So it's like, okay, if, if the stream is happening, the stream is happening, we're full focus there, but then step away after that. Or like this, you know, we record this show, you know, record the show, step away, um, have it, have it more in blocks and not in long periods so that you can, you can kind of change up and get your blood moving a little bit and maybe hit the gym or have a walk or go, go and do something else, uh, move around a bit instead of just staying seated for hours and hours and hours on end. Do you guys think that the universe is finite or infinite? Chinaluda. This is, uh... I don't know. Here's the problem with that question. I genuinely think it's one that you can't even entertain. Like, okay. for example, how can you... Your brain cannot... Pr this is why they trick you. Here's what happens when you tell someone an enormously large number, like 10 to the power 27, or you tell them like infinity. Their brain doesn't go right infinity. It just goes, 
you can't possibly think about it, so forget about it. It goes basically, don't think about it. it what it tells you is, whatever this guy's telling you, he must just be right because it's too big to think about. Your brain isn't a computer. You can't process a, a billion, trillion, killion, trillion, so they must just be right. Don't think about it. It's too much. So I think humans can't comprehend anything above. Like, I actually think, you know, there's a famous concept. You'll have seen it online, similar maybe. It's like a recent gimmick where people take a million and they show you what a million looks like by doing 10,000s. Do you know this? And then you go, here's what a billion looks like. And you're thinking it's just that, but like if you know, it's like that, but like, oh, like, like a million, you can't even comprehend the billion. So first of all, I don't think any human is capable of understanding the concept of whether something is finite or infinite. Everything in our life to some degree is finite. But it's also infinite in the sense we can't measure to the end of it. It probably is just fine, but beyond what he... Like, Terence McKenna used to have a great line. He said, imagine an ant on a beach trying to just contemplate infinity. Well, who says he can? He's an ant. You've just decided because you're human, I must be able to, I must be able... That's why humans, by the way, when they do these things, are putting themselves in the place of God. They are hubristic. They're saying, well, my brain is the most complex, evolved thing ever, so I must be... By the way, even that statement is mental. The same dickhead who tells you, you live in an enormous universe, and yet your brain is the most evolved thing... How do you know then, dickhead? You've just said that you don't know anything about all the rest of it. So what I would say is this. I think personally... I think we do live in some sort of like finite realm. And I think it's way smaller and way less of crazy than science tries to blow you out with and expand it. And I think as a result, I think a lot of that is just a trick to make you think like, oh, because notice, here's what they simultaneously do, Semler. Oh, the universe is enormous and charged. But you know what? No, one, no human could ever even take a trip to the nearest place that would have anyone. So simultaneously, it's enormous and the most infinite. But don't worry, you can never go and do any of it and just stay right here and don't worry about all it. You know what I mean? So to me, it's more like, I think the, the, the whole distraction of it all is this. The joke is, if you really thought a bit like a man 2,000 years ago, like, I am someone, this is the realm I live in. I look up at the heavens. What is it? Are those gods? Are those entities? Are they fixed in the sky above me? Do they rotate? Whatever. It's magical. It's the awe that actually gives you the sensation of, like, what an amazing thing. The idea you can comprehend it, I think, is very hubristic. No. This, this, is, uh, this, uh, this ties back into a conversation that I was uh, listening to recently, i.e., um, what is actually the center of the universe uh and so the you know the obvious uh, you know the obvious one that you were to, that you would come to now if you were thinking about it, it's like well you know the 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 the, the earth you know because it used to be that oh well the universe rotates around the earth the earth yep. is the center and everything like that but uh now of course if we were to look at it it'd be like oh well no you know the earth rotates around the sun and the sun rotates around this and the, you know and it just keeps going and really you're just a speck of dust floating in the it's like what's well, the conclusion in it it, that is that is really it. It is the ultimate nil. Spoiler: like, They reverse engineered it to be that. Of course, that's what they wanted you to think. That that's was the premise of it. Think. Yeah. Because what could be much more accurate is no, no. You, the Earth is the center of the universe because that's where you are, and that's where we are, and that's all of our perception, as you say, right? It's all centered on this planet. Like we haven't made it anywhere else. So, in a very real sense, no, the Earth is the center of the universe. And this is this is where it's all happening for us, and everything else outside of that is you can't even conceive of it. So. Which is more accurate, right? Is it is it oh we're rotating around the sun and blah 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 and whatever you're some you know some in, insignificant speck of dust or are you or are you at the creation of uh, you know the center of creation and this is it? Um, I I I, I love all that man. That's that's it's really fascinating stuff uh, to think about and it it'll it'll unhinge you <laughs> in a good way. In a good way, exactly. So yeah, definitely definitely get in on that. All right, Santiago La Farga. If you had to restart your life and had to choose a different path occupation, what would it be? 
<laughs> Unfortunately, I already had this one on somebody insight the other day. Mine was a classic one. I always wanted to be a comic book writer. Yes. Yeah, you've, I've heard that from you for. Because there's a reason why that people don't get. And it's actually one thing that really annoys me, right? I've told this story before because if you ever watched that famous documentary, Jodorowsky's Dune, the premise is you think it's a, it's a sad ending because he never gets to make the movie Dune. It isn't. He made all of his ideas from Dune into dozens and dozens of long volumes of French comics. And here's the key thing because it's French comics, like bandies, whatever you fucking call that thing, where it's not supposed to just be like, it's not American comics. There's no like, you can't swear and you can't do this. And there's no like, it has to be for kids. And it's like, you can do any story you want in those strips. That's the whole point of European comics. And the artists are very, very skilled and unique. So what he did essentially, this is genius, is Orson Welles famously said this. He said, the worst thing about cinema, if you're a creative, is it's really hard to get a movie maker. It's really expensive. It takes a lot of people. need equipment he said the reason i used to like theater is you just get a bunch of people together a stage you could do it it's all in the mind so the reason i would, would like to be a comic book writer is all i need is my mind and one artist who is good and you can create anything on the page i have an unlimited budget essentially and unlike james cameron my fucking output would be good ah yeah there it is no, that's uh, there's certain cultures that really revolve around it too. I mean, there is the the whole U.S. side of things, but then like the French, uh, the French comics. Like I was, I just grew up on French comics. That was so good, um, all of it, man. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. If you had to restart your life and had to choose a different path occupation, what would it be? Fuck me. Uh, I mean, it would it would it would almost certainly have been something <laughs> completely different from what I'm doing today. I.e., I would have chosen some kind of career that would allow me to be outside. Uh, and yeah, just be out in nature doing something else, doing something along those lines completely. Um, yeah, I, I, no more thought into it because of course you could just be like, oh, where, you know, uh, for example, arborist, arborist is, is just such a sick job. Your tree husbandry, taking care yeah. of the forest. You spend all of your day in the forest, looking after trees, looking after the nature, looking after the animals, uh, animal husbandry, the, the, the arborist. I mean, it, there's an element of skill danger involved as well. You have to be able to climb up and down, which I, you know, it's like, I love climbing. Um, would, would have been a sick career to go into. Uh, now, unfortunately developed allergies somehow in my later ages. And now I'm completely devastatingly allergic to pollen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm totally fucked. Can't go out and can't, can't have that kind of job, you know? The only thing but, is, well, uh, I have heard on that topic, like, th it is possible potentially to overcome things like that. Like, I've heard, like, in the same way the sensitivity too, comes out like, of exposure. I've, I, I'm not sure. You'd have to look into it. I've heard some of it's, like, maybe to do with diet and other environmental factors and, like, maybe mm -hmm. it's to do with, like, something going on in your system and it's affecting. So I, that just, because that's another one of those things in the modern day, like... Do you really Dude, think everyone had hair fever in like the 14th century in the field? Of course they didn't, you daft cunt. So I, I, I really wonder about those ones, mate. I do wonder about I, that. I, I, you know, it's, it's got me wondering as well because it's like I spent years smoking. So I was wondering if it was the smoking, but then it could very well be diet as in like this is an inflammatory reaction to something. And so, you know, it's like if you were to, if you were to tweak your diet, could you, could you uh, remove these allergies? Because like yeah, exactly. you say, it, it has to be a recent thing. It's not like everybody's yep. running around with antihistamines in their pocket. Because remember, you know, there's outside. another psyop similar. Haven't you noticed how every they even dare to call them chronic condition similar? Every condition isn't like right. You've got this similar. So here's what you're going to need to do and work on and changing your lifestyle. And you're not going to have it anymore. It's like you've got this unlucky, but here's a product I've got for you from Cunt Pharma Tech. And then every week, come and get this. And if you want, you can have a big surgery that maybe, you know what I mean? Like magically, all their best products happen to be the ones that just deliver it. There's never like, just go home, you know, like 
check if there's any like dust in your house. You know, watch out for your dog. They'll never tell you that. They'll never tell you it's not the free one. But then, spoiler, this is how you have to think of it in the modern day when it's a for-profit business like the doctor. I'm sorry, you have to think of it like a mechanic. Oh, he's trying to rip you off. So you're always trying to not get ripped off too much. Get the sort of legit work. And spoiler, the mechanic's never going to go. That's not really that bad, actually. Just take it home, drive a bit more carefully. You don't need anything doing. He's never going to tell you that, is he? He's never going to say that far. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is, that is, that if, if anything is like the big unveiling of these, uh, well, well, there we go. That's the show, guys. No more questions. But uh, thank you for everybody who submitted a question for this week. And thank you, everybody, for your support. And everybody who subscribed tonight, uh, thank you very much. That directly goes towards supporting the channel. So big appreciation there. And um, be sure to live a like, subscribe, all that. And we'll be back next week. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, Thursday, on schedule at the same time. Thorin, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me, my man. And um, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Chance to lead to this season.